This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, off my shelf where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Nilesh Patel joins me in talking about two films from the turn of the century, Mystery Men and Ocean's Eleven. Welcome! Thanks for having me. It's been, obviously, I should have been on earlier. You should have been on a long time ago. Yeah. So before we started recording, I mentioned... In a month, we would have known each other for 20 years. Yeah, probably one of my longest friendships now. Um, I think I only know one other person, and that was only because they met me first. That yeah. was the only reason. Otherwise, no. Yeah, it's you and Corey, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're my second longest friendship because every, yeah. everybody knows Sarah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I've known her since high school. Or they don't I, know her, you've talked about her. Well, no, she's been on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, everybody I know knows her because <laughs> Sarah goes everywhere with me. Like, it's just one of those things. I'm like, you know me, you know Sarah. Yeah. And it's because she's one of those people who are just good in all of the environments and is also up for doing yeah the things and she's very personable she's very personable so it's not so, like it's not like having to deal with me so oh it's, it's completely different yeah you walk into the room and be like look this is my friend alash and there's like i gotta warn you about a couple of things first <laughs> Any, anything i say just just disregard it it's just totally fine. Mm, it's totally yes. fine. Mm-hmm. unless it's about fashion because damn in which case yes, yes. In which case. sorry what did you call this coat you're wearing today it's known as a shacket it's it's a shacket everybody it's a shacket it's a it's a fuchsia a shacket exactly yes it's, yeah. it's quite lovely actually mm-hmm. yeah um i'm talking about it because i'm jealous so i'm hoping to steal it from you yeah i mean honestly they're really easy to wear <laughs> it fits like a t-shirt and i kind of like it because you can layer and still look like you can kind of walk in and out of places but you don't have to constantly then be like oh i have this big giant coat on and i'm hot yes so mm-hmm. that's why that's what hoodies are for yes Thank for you. a day when i'm at the grocery store <laughs> Only the first. No, 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 that's not you, true. You wear a hoodie with ball gowns. You can wear it with track pants. I was wearing, I was wearing a really nice hoodie with uh, this. Uh, I actually was gonna wear that outfit today, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "But I'll be cold." It's a uh, Valentino like denim cape jacket that I got from the resort wear collection, and I was like, "It's so fabulous that you need a hoodie underneath." But I was like, "I'm gonna be cold because it is a it's a cape. It's cut in a specific way." So I'm like, "No, I'm gonna wear this." this but later. people wear capes in like winter. But it's denim. It's not like oh, it's not yeah, a heavy it's not. material. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, it's like specific. I mean, I could. I have worn it recently, but not on a day like today where it's like four degrees outside. Yes. Yeah. Um. So as you can see, I have a guest who wears outfits. Um. Unlike myself, who's just like, what smells good? Yeah. Okay. I'll put this on. Thank you very much. To go places. Yes. It's important. <laughs> I mean, when you're around, I definitely have to step it up or else you will shame me. I used to. I don't think I do that anymore. Because we don't see each other enough. There's a lot of like phone conversations. You don't there, know what I'm there wearing. Are, there are times I think I, I, but I feel like every time we have hung out, I've been like, I've actually liked everything you've worn. And I was like, this is really cute, actually. This mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. Those are the few times where we're just like, 
Okay, maybe I shouldn't put this Your up. style has also grown up so much since when I used to be mean to you about it. A little bit. No, it's grown up. Come on. It's still there technically was a, there jeans was a period, and a t-shirt. <laughs> there was a period of your life where you were only wearing caption tees all the time. Every single one of your shirt had a caption on it of some sort. And it was like this one trick thing. And I totally get it because obviously we knew each other around the same time as these movies came out. So I get it because now when I think back, that was the thing. Because now... Like, all of that stuff is coming back this season. And it makes me laugh because as you walk around places and you see it, I'm like, oh my God, we wore this. Like, these were things that we, you know, all those, like, very, like, ironic logos and little captions. It's everywhere this season. That's half my shirts, but yeah. yes. It's, but there was a time where you were dedicated to it. Yeah, but anytime I stepped out of that, you also made fun of me because you thought it was still ridiculous. Because I still remember... There were times where we all went out and I was like, you look so cute. No, but there was a time. So I'm going to preface this and you will back me up on this. Before Avril Lavigne was popular, I had started wearing button-up shirts with a tie. Yeah. I owned one tie that was black and I started wearing it and people were just like, who do you think you are? Why are you wearing a tie? Blah, 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 blah. Month later, Avril Lavigne mm-hmm. comes out, mm-hmm. and then everybody's just like, "Oh my God, you just want to be Avril Lavigne?" And I was like, "Well, I can't do this anymore," yeah. and so I stopped. Which made me laugh because the comparison was so far off, like so far off. Avril Lavigne when she first came out. I mean, obviously, before she turned into a clone, now isn't that the thing now that she's a clone? I mean, I don't pay attention to her anymore, so yeah, we're, we're, I'm not bombarded by her. So I literally. But there no is idea. a theory that the real Avril Lavigne died. What? Yes, the real so the real Avril Lavigne died shortly after Complicated came out, and essentially her record company made so much money off of that first like single that she came out with, that they found another girl who's a lookalike. So the real Avril Lavigne apparently, allegedly, allegedly, is dead. <laughs> okay, first of all, the only thing that would make that story better is if the record company made so much money that they made a clone of her. Yeah, I, I I really thought that's where the story was I going. Want to know, I want to know that that's the only reason that you got married to Jack Kroger. <laughs> Wait, that's the Nickelback guy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, oh my God. That's, the, that's the only reason that you got married to him, right? Come on. she had The real Avril Lavigne would not get married to the guy from Nickelback. Yeah, she has to get married to a skater boy and then see you later, boy. Yeah, like, so. Everybody knows this guy. Honestly, on. so I was like, Okay, so but I totally I remember that time when people would just be like, "Oh yeah, you're wanting to ape like her style." This is a weird comparison. It was a weird ass yeah. comparison. Um, yes, there were definitely a couple of stylish trends that I quote unquote started yeah. that people don't believe me. That's true. And I was like, "Remember the whole accent nail thing?" For years. For years, people asked you why one was the other color. Yeah. Years. Or I would get me, "Oh, did you run out of nail polish?" Yeah. And then, you know, like Beyonce did. And everybody's like, oh my God, yeah. accent nails are so in. I love that your technique and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You're, you're the, you yourselves. are the nail art girl. Right. You're the nail art girl. The Before, f- I think my, my first kind of person that I knew who was doing nail art, mm-hmm. like when they did their own nails was you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I don't I like think, because I always knew everybody who did like a, Okay, no, the basic, basic, basic yeah style. they did a basic color yeah. and that, that was, was it, it. and yeah. i would always be like oh my god nails are so cool and then remember we would go places and somebody would ask you about the accent nail and then we'd be stuck there for an additional 15 minutes yes and i would always be like okay can we stop talking about this please like this is very interesting but we get it you like her nails okay can we thank you thank you have a good day it's because it's hot exactly <laughs> and now they're everywhere people do like everywhere. ridiculous things have like an entire building on top of their ring finger nail. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, how do you live your life? Well, that's the one thing I don't like about it's the thick nail art where it's like an object is on your nail. Yeah, 3D. That's just, to me, that's just pointless and obtrusive. Like, because yeah. you literally can't function. Like, how, yeah. how are you putting something in your pocket? How are you cooking? How are you, you know, wiping your own ass? Like, how are you doing basic yeah. Or if you have a press on, I can understand that the press on will come off. But people who actually go to the salon and get them done like that and it's like that for weeks mm-hmm. that's I, I don't get it if you're lucky because yeah. i mean well, some sure of those things the that. way they're they're stuck on you, you do something wrong just flip right off mm-hmm. i would think get you in your eye can you imagine Done. yes <laughs> um i'm just here pontificating about how cool i am i just i can't help it i mean you are very, you are probably one of the more sartorial people that i would know Mm-hmm. In the sense that you don't do things that are trends, you don't do things that are necessarily like what's considered to be fashionable now, but it's kind of a good thing because as a result, you never really look different. Like, so if I, I feel like if I look an old photo of you, I'll be like, oh yeah, she looks like that now. Yeah, well, I was like 20 pounds lighter. <laughs> that, okay, but that, that notwithstanding, I feel like everything else when I look at the outfit, I was like, yeah, that's something you would wear now. It's not like... For me, I feel like when I look at old photos, I'm just like, oh my God, what are they wearing? Mm-hmm. But even then, it wasn't horrendous. I, I, always have to, I always have to say that on my younger self, that I have really good taste in that way. There are certain things that were like a bit question mark, yeah. but mostly I liked everything I wore. So when I look at it now, because some of it I still own, like outerwear wise, I still mm-hmm. own it. So obviously I thought it was great and I still wear it. So Yeah, like I always wear by like essentially basics yeah because like i said my fashion is 90 percent jeans and a t-shirt in some iteration yeah so it's like that doesn't go out of style really no it yeah. kind of it's it, there it's a uniform for a reason yeah like yeah. the like my the slogan tees have reduced a lot yes yes it's been a long but, time since i've seen one it's yeah. been a very long time i have to i have to give you credit for that because there was a time where i was like what's you know we like i think you Corey, and i would be hang out a lot i was like let me guess what traces i'm wearing <laughs> So it's not like that anymore. So it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, most people can predict what I'm going to wear. She's going to wear jeans and a t-shirt of some sort. Yeah. You know, you, know. Yeah, you have moments. Yeah. You're, more, you're, also, you're also like really a summer fashion girl. Mm-hmm. The summer is your season. Oh, yes. Yeah. Me, a nice pair of like sandals, like shorts or roll cuff jeans, a loose. I, I'm into crop tees right now. Yeah. So like cropped tees with like a nice pattern even though i like pineapples and apparently pineapples are a swinger thing now and i got several comments during the summer so i had to stop wearing them and i was like pineapples is a sw- i don't but how yeah so apparently pineapples are a symbol that you're a swinger and you're open to swing but why? But that's what I'm asking. Why is it a symbol? Like, I what don't, does it denote? I don't know. That is bizarre. I was told this by someone asking, like, you can, pineapple is the most, like, the, the weirdest thing to kind of have as a symbol for being a swinger because you have to, like, cut a pineapple correctly because if you don't, then the little things are, you know, in there and they cause your throat to itch. Like, that's not a great idea to have in your head about a swinger. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I was just told by a friend of mine a day I was wearing it. How's your friend now? Okay, there you go. I made a face. We're, we're, just, share, we're, we're just sharing a knowing glance. Yes. Um, so I was literally wearing a pineapple crop top shirt. So it was just like a, a continuous pattern of like tiny pineapples all over the shirt. And I had a pineapple hair clip in my hair that was 
upside down. Apparently, that means something as Can well. Can single people be swingers? I don't. This is a new that, podcast. Topic. Isn't that just being in like a threesome or something? <laughs> or being a hoe? Being a hoe. <laughs> You know, people have their whole years. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong there's with There's nothing wrong with it. Just own your sexuality. Yeah. Just don't do anything that will endanger yourself or de- endanger the people around you. But you could be a Unless whole as much as want. you want. They want to be in danger. Well, no. When I say in danger, I mean like don't spread diseases. Oh, more, yeah. More yeah. instead of, and then not like. Not just don't, ethically, don't, but legally, that's a problem. Yeah. Like don't, don't, like I don't mind getting whipped, yeah. but you know, yeah, don't exactly. spray your gonorrhea. Yeah. Like that's a problem. Yeah. yeah um, so. But yeah, so apparently that was the whole thing, and I was like, "All right, I guess." Pineapples for you. Yeah, I have like I bought these these hair clips that have are to look fruit. This up why it is? I'm gonna add this to my list of things to worry about <laughs> in my spare time. Okay, if I find anything, I'll probably Google something after about it and I'll put it up. But whatever. Right. But you know what? I will, I'm still owning the pineapple stuff. Whatever. I have this like black shirt that's got like a pocket that's got pineapples on it. Yeah. Whatever. I like pineapples. Yeah. whatevs i wrote a whole article about it i was just gonna say yeah. i was just about to mention so tracy's also obviously uh along with being a great podcast podcaster podcast, podcast host yes. podcast creator content yes. influencer <laughs> um, influencer is all very far no it's a, little, a little bit further but it's okay you know in the world mm-hmm. um but besides that, she's also a really great writer. Um, and for several years, while well, she worked uh, different jobs, and uh, she always had spare time then. She doesn't have so much spare time now, but she did then. Yeah. Um, she didn't have so many endeavors then either. But um, <laughs> she would uh, often write stories that would come to my email, and it would be so nice because I would just be minding my business on a Tuesday morning and get a Tracy email and it had a story in it. Yeah. And for years we did that, like years. And now even if I look up your, I have to be very careful because if I look up your email on one of my emails where I used to send the stories, in order to get to the right email, I have to go through all the stories first and be like, <laughs> which one is it? So it's always like, so I think you have my new email. Yeah. For, for just all the podcasts. So it's like, okay, I don't have to like look through everything. So oh, yeah. what you're saying is I need to populate your new email address. With no, not with stories. Stuff. You can no. do podcast stuff on one and stories on the other one. So okay. that I can keep the stuff right. Gotcha. But the good part is you have somebody who's archiving your stuff because I've never deleted them. So I have all of your stories. So if ever you need it, you can just be like, can you go look it up? And I will. I may have to ask you about that because I do like... I'm a hoarder, like a technology hoarder mm-hmm. or like data hoarder. That's what it yeah. is, data hoarder. And I have a lot of old data um, and I have like 35 versions of each story and all of this course. kind of stuff. But sometimes I go through it and I'm like, there's something that's missing here. Yeah. I know there's something missing. Because they're not the finished versions, but I have the finished versions. Right? Yeah. So maybe I, I might... have drafts. So that's why I've never deleted mm-hmm. any of them. Mm-hmm. So there's times I think when we used to, used to send something... And then you, Corey, and I would talk about it. And so then you would go back and edit or not edit necessarily, but like finish the thought, I guess, mm-hmm. and send it back and be like, yeah, that's the one. And so it was always, and we've been doing it for years. So for as long as we've known each other, we've been doing this. Yes. Yeah. So it's, a little back and it's forth. 20 yeah. years worth of emails. It's not that many. Yes, it is. I stopped like a few years ago. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, a few years ago, yes. But I'm saying like emails wise, I've never deleted anything from you. Oh, that's nice. So literally some of the conversations make me laugh when I go back and I was like, how many hits do I have? Well, even before the story, we'd send, I'd send ridiculous emails. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the email itself would be like, good morrow to you, good sirs, blah, 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 blah. You're like, what the fuck is this nonsense? It's fine. But it's just, it was just a fun thing to do. Seriously. Yeah. 
No, it was a fun thing. I wish we, like, we should definitely keep that. Because sometimes I used to write too. I don't know if I ever have any more time to do that, but I used to write sometimes. Not as often as you and Corey, but I used mm-hmm. to write sometimes. Yeah, right. I was a good reader. I was a good reader. You're a very good reader and, like, give, like, to give ideas. Because every once in a while, too, I'd ask you for, like, a prompt. I'm like, I need to write something, but I don't know what. Give me, like, yeah. a prompt. Yeah. And I still have my favorite story from that was Trapped in the Dumpster. Yeah. Love that story. Um, I gave that to someone. They're like, this is just frivolous. I'm like, I know, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like that's where good writing comes from is that you're not writing with an aim in mind or like with some kind of goalpost that you have to hit. And mm-hmm. then you're kind of like, oh, I got my story there. And that's what it is. You just write and you figure Something it out. Something comes out. Yeah. It out. It's true. Like right now, um, I don't know why, but... Maybe it's because I've I've hit a certain age. <laughs> um, but I've been doing a lot of like reflective story writing. So a lot of more like biography stuff yeah. than just like, you know, a lot of was it is it fiction or sci fi? It's fiction. No, you wrote everything. You wrote, wrote a little bit of you everything. Wrote, you wrote like we we've kinda had that moment where we wrote a story that was based off of something real mm-hmm. that was like sort of like a designed as like a diary entry or a journal entry. And then we've also had like science fiction stuff, horror stuff. You know, we used to write specific to the times of the year. So we've yes. had Halloween stories. Halloween stories and Christmas stories. Yeah. And, so we had, yeah. we've had a range. We've had a range, yeah. Okay. All that to say, sorry, that you are now available to be read on what was the name of the blog? Medium. There you go. Yes. I will I only have two things on there right now i'm currently working on i have what three or four drafts going right now but i can so. send you i can send you your stories to post on a regular timetable <laughs> there you go you just post it i don't know why i feel like i have to like because i uh, i also have other stories but i was like no this needs to be posted in like june and this needs to be posted at this time and this needs to be posted at this that time that is such a cancer thing yeah that is such a cancer thing because like i have a christmas story yeah. but i can't post it as yet yeah. um and i have like a couple of school stories but it's more the, the setting of it is like uh, summer vacation and like early in the year, yeah. right? So I can't send it now, that kind of thing. And I'm just like, no, I'll, I'll wait until the new year to post those ones, you know? So like, but so in between, I'm trying to be like, what what can I post now? Exactly. Let's see. Yeah, you know? something that feels like current, yes. quote unquote. Yeah. Yes. So, but speaking of, you know, writing and style and having a purpose or not having a purpose and sci-fi and weird genres and fiction we're going to talk about some movies that yes. kind of fit in all of this discussion yeah one is yes. more up my alley than the other obviously yes duh hopefully yes. hopefully you haven't turned off yet because we are going to talk about the movies yeah, don't worry about it um so um because we are we're, we're uh in the alphabet and we're going from one letter to another we're, we're, we're ending well no technically we're not ending the m's because the next episode will be M's, but I had to like move things around. Anyways, but we're doing Mystery Men and Ocean's Eleven. Both amazing ensemble movies. Oh, so you liked both of them? I like both of them. One mm-hmm. is one is definitely more my more my speed mm-hmm. than the other. Okay, but that's okay. That it, every movie doesn't need to be the movie. Oh no, that's yeah. also impossible. Like exactly. that's just crazy. I mean, for you, it's different because mm-hmm. you're one of two people that I know in my life that is like a true cinephile. So I would have to come to you to be like, because I never remember the actor. I never remember the scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what, what the scene was about sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I have amnesia for what I just saw. And yeah. then I ask you questions and you're like, no, 
that's not what it was. I do. I have to explain half the stories to you half the yeah. time. So let's see how well you did this week. Okay. We um, so we're going to start talking about mystery men. Yes. Okay. So the movie came out in 1999 and it is definitely a hyper 90s ensemble. Absolutely. Hyper 90s. Absolutely. Everything about this movie is super, super 90s. Yeah. Um, and you had mentioned that this was the first time you've seen it. Yes, I've never, so I've never, ever, ever seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Not even on a flight. And funnily enough, in preparation for this uh, sitting, uh, that I was, I was, you know, I was like, oh, I have to go watch the movie. And I don't know what it was, but in my head, for whatever reason, it was just stuck that the movie was Matchstick Men. And uh, one of the things about it was the simple fact that I watched Matchstick Men and waited for up to 70% of the movie for Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And I literally messaged a really good friend of mine who knows that I'm coming to this podcast and and is a listener. And and I just laughed and I said, you know what? Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo are not in this movie. And he writes back, he's like, what movie are you talking about? And I said, Matchstick Men. And he literally wrote back, idiot, it's Mystery Men. You even said the title. Because I told him, I was like, oh, I'm going on Tracy's podcast. Like, these are the two movies we're doing. And uh, so he says to me, he's like, he's like, oh, great. He knew about Mystery Men. He's like, oh, it's a really well-reviewed Ben Stiller movie. Mm-hmm. And it's considered to be one of the better movies that he's been in. And I was like, great. I don't know what happened somewhere between that conversation when I started watching movies. But so I've now watched Matchstick Men. And I literally thought, I was like, Ben Stiller is in the Nicolas Cage movie? (laughs) Really? Okay. So anyway, so then I started watching Matchstick Men. The movie opens and I genuinely thought to myself, is this a Jenna Jackson video? Because... You're talking about Mystery Men now? Oh, Mystery Men. Sorry. (laughs) See, this this is what's happening. This is what's happening. So I started watching Mystery Men. The movie opens. And literally, as soon as it go, the camera goes through that fake cloud thing and shows you, like, the city, I was like, this is a John Jackson video. Like, 100%. Come on. Because during that time, she was doing a lot of this, like, sci-fi thing where, like, she was in a futuristic bedroom mm-hmm. with, like, a video camera and, like... I don't know. I, like, like when you describe the video that way, because, as you know, I have a yeah. love of Janet Jackson, it makes me actually think of the um, Buster Rhymes Janet Jackson yeah. song, Give yeah. It To Me. Yeah. And... It's it's true now that you've made me think about it. It yeah. it does have that vibe, even yeah. though it wasn't purple yeah. or silver or. It's black. just a coincidence that yeah. Ben Stiller is dressed like her. It's yeah. fine, <laughs> no big deal. Um, to be honest, like I was like, especially the opening sequence, I was surprised. Like it clearly didn't feel like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. But it clearly took a lot of its influence from yeah. the first two Batman movies. Well, it's actually, especially Batman Returns, like the second Batman well, I movie. I was going to say, I feel like the set pieces are kind of like that. Yes. Like, but I, it, that might yeah. be purposeful because it's it's clearly a satire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Which is not my favorite kind of movie, by the way. I, mm-hmm. I So I've realized this about myself that I like parody in short bursts and satire in short bursts. Um, like SNL or Matt TV or anything like that. But... I feel like in movies where that's happening, it feels like an extremely long sketch. Yes. Which is not my, I, that I is agree. not my, my, but if it's you know. done well, like there's, 
I know. Yes, uh, it's yeah. it's done decently. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I watched this yesterday. Yeah. And I may have been very tired watching it, but I found it extremely. You don't know the me while watching this. How dare you? I know. Yeah, but anyways, go I on. know. <laughs> um, I I like. I actually think I missed 10 minutes of it because I may have fallen asleep. Where did you fall asleep? It was right before they met. So I woke up when they were meeting the guy, like Tom Waits, when they were meeting the guy with yeah. the non-lethal yeah, yeah. weapons yeah. the first time. Yeah. Um, so whatever the 10 minutes before that is. So you I didn't saw, really miss anything. I didn't miss anything, right? No. Okay, good. Um, they were just in that little camp with Sphinx and, you know. Yeah. And Sphinx is kind of like... Trying to tell Ben Stiller about something. Ben Stiller's like, I was just going to make dresses all day. And he leaves. And I was like, oh, my God. His his character is probably the most triggering in the current landscape of entitled guys. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that's part of... he is. Yeah. But th- at that time, there was no language around it. So mm-hmm. People knew that they kind of were annoyed by him. But now, if you watch it today... You instantly see it like, oh my god, not this guy, not this guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I there was something. I I just remember there being more to it for some reason. And like There's I was a lot just watching character it. development is what I would say. Like when I really think about what this movie is is great at is that every character has their own story arc, their own little like niche, their scene. They, they introduce them even in their own scenes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're not just kind of there. Um, and, and I feel like as a result, it feels like there's a lot more, but if you really like take a look at the movie as a whole, it's a little light on the script. It is. It is. Yeah. But, yeah. The, and what's really great is that they casted the crap out of it. So everybody who's in it can act their, bananas off and like for real like when you watch them you're like oh you're lifting this material yeah because even looking at the cover it's all like it's paul rubens ben stiller janine garofalo william h Maney, macy um what's this the this kel kid what's Um, the name of the girl who's like the the original katie holmes Oh, Claire Forlini. There we go. Yeah, she randomly is in there. She's been in they so many really, movies that I don't know her name until just now. Yeah, until- they, my, the first thing I saw her in was Mallrats, uh, which we talked about recently. And then, yeah, she shows up in like Meet Joe Black and all this kind of stuff. Right. And then they tried so hard, like Sam Worthington, they tried so hard to make her a thing. And then... She Nobody wasn't. cared, and she wasn't. I don't. But, and it's weird because it's like her DNA is not all that different from, like her acting DNA. Sorry, is not all that different from Kristen Stewart or Katie Holmes or any of these people. Yeah, I mean, but Kristen Stewart should go away. I mean, I don't know. She's she. I she's, Diana. she is so bland. I didn't hate that movie, but I also was like, you know what? I get it. Okay, you're playing Dan, and you have the accent, and they gave you the hair, and good for you. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think there's more to it than just looking at, like, the character. She is less terrible than she was in any of the Twilight trailers. Whoa. And I, I say Twilight trailers, I've never watched a Twilight movie, but... Yes. I have, I have also refused to complain about Twilight because I've seen the trailers and I refuse to watch Twilight. But I, I always tell myself, if you haven't watched the movie, you can't complain about it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. No. But no. It's okay. That's, it's, not, it's not my thing. That's just a thing. But everything I've seen Christian Stewart in, she is just so bland and so uninteresting. And I'm just like, why do people keep casting you? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Like, you're not, 
she's not unattractive, but yeah. I don't think she's pretty enough for like, no, just put her on screen. Everybody will just think she's beautiful. Yeah. No. But then she also doesn't have the personality enough to be like, I'm out there. Like yeah. the one movie I liked her in was, what was it? Panic Room. And I didn't even realize it was her until like 20 years later. Yeah. And then they're like, that was Christian Stewart. I was like, was it? I'm like, if she's in yeah. it for five minutes, her head shaved and she's in a corner the whole yeah. time. And she's like, got like asthma or something. So she's coughing. Fine. And the movie's really relying on Jodie Foster in that movie. Yeah. It's all, it's all Jodie Foster. Yeah. Like, come on. That and what was the other one? Flight Plan? The flight Plan. Oh my God. Look, where's my daughter? Ah! <laughs> and now all of a sudden she's in some car in the hull of the plane. Okay, whatever. What? She had just designed, that was the first flight of this plane she just designed. So I thought it was really cool that she had, is it an aero engine, engineer? Yeah. Is, yeah. And the, and the, but the plot is so, Flight Plan is not a good movie. But no, anyways, I'll leave it for when you talk about the Fs. Yes. <laughs> if you own that movie. I don't well, think you do. You know, we're an M, so we've missed the apps already. Oh, never mind. Well, we'll talk Panic Room. It'll come back up. It'll, it's, it'll yeah. be fine. Um, But yeah, like, I just find Kristen Stewart boring, and I don't know how she's getting jobs. No. Um, but also Claire Forlini, I think, has that same thing. Yeah. Like, she's, I'm going to sound mean, but she's basic looking. And, and she's not a very appealing actor, but she, for the part that she's in, she's okay. Like she has like what three scenes in the movie? Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't like her, her characters don't do anything. No, and that's in every movie. And every exactly. And this is the and I think that's why she went away. That's like that's the same thing. Like I mentioned, Sam Worthington, yeah. right? He's not good enough looking for you to just be like, put him on screen, I'll be fine. No, yeah. but then he's also so bland. Like he's like a potato on screen. He's 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 fighting the kraken. And he's like, die kraken. Like come on, come on. I only I only bring that up because that that was literally on TV the other day, and I was just like, Not oh, fair. you're you are really boring. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who, uh, unfortunately, are in the movie industry just for being unoffensive enough looking and being good at just tolerable enough. In acting, can can I can I mention one person that people might yell at me about? Who? Halle Berry. Uh, I mean, I can't say that as a Halle Berry haircut. I really did at one point. I thought it was what's her name, Jinx. In my head, I did have that little haircut, and I thought it was so great. And then somebody had to tell me, "It's like you don't have that face." But I mean, she's good in. I don't know what she's good in. Exactly. See, really see, exactly. Yeah. And I know she won a uh, Oscar for what is Monsters Ball, but that's never a, seen it. I'm not. I've never seen it either. But I also just don't want to watch a movie about a woman being abused for two hours. That's not my idea yeah. of a good time. Um. And what was the movie where she was introduced and she was a crack addict? Um. I did see that movie. Stealing and, Baby, Stealing Isaiah. What, was it? No. It was Getting like, Isaiah back. No. It was like Boomerang or something. It was like one of those. <laughs> Is that the or one like where, the, where like where she is a substance abuser and then like basically her child gets taken and then she has to fight in court? Is that the movie you're talking about? No. No. She is in a movie like that too though. Yeah. So that that is why. the Isaiah one. Yeah. 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 Um but and I, I did see that one. I was like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Like no, it's fine. I get it. Um and you know, and then every other movie she's in is just like, I'm real pretty guys. Did you see me? I'm really pretty. Yeah. That's the whole that's I mean the whole thing. she's had a great career based on that though. She has. And a good for her. She's she's done it, but still I'm like not everybody can keep pushing uh, material out. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
Anyway, so, uh, sorry. I'm sitting here just shit-talking people. Yeah. The last but, like, but our point being that Mr. Man is actually quite good in terms of developing great characters. And if it had, if it had, had subsequent films, like sequels, mm-hmm. it would have been great to have all this like story fleshed out for each character. I'm actually really happy that it doesn't have a sequel. No. Yeah. Because there's so many characters. So many characters. But if you start, if you if you just like take away those scenes where they're kind of like really giving these people like these huge story arcs, the movie is fifteen minutes. It is, yeah. They're like, you know, here's your random people. Yeah. The real city's hero gets kidnapped. Yeah. They. It's a very like, common thread line. Like I feel like it's like it could be the story of the Incredibles, or it could be like any. I, I you know that. Yeah, but I think that's what it's. That's uh-huh. what the satire yeah. is. It's like. Yeah, we're gonna use the same formula, but yeah. kind of twist it around. I really a enjoy bit. all the devices names in the movie, where he's like, <laughs> the, you know, the when Tom Greg, Wake devices. Yeah, when Greg Kinnear. Well, no, even when Greg Kinnear picks up the thing from Jeffrey Rush, and he, you know, from the from the trash can, there's a moment. Oh, and he's like, what is that? And he's like, this is an enticing something. Yeah, and in reality, it's just like it's a chloroform. Yeah, and it was just like really funny to me. Like, what? What is he saying? But well, yeah, but Jeffrey Rush's name in it is Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah, like. Right from there, you know you're going to get some... And his love interest in the movie is Sydney Bristow's mother on Alias, which I had never known that she had done anything else, and now I know that she did act in a movie. Yeah, but before. she says four words in the whole film. Yeah, yeah. she's not... I mean, she's <laughs> she just saying. She just walks around going like, I'm the evil mistress, and she just makes yeah. these weird faces. If ever you liked her, go watch Alias, because she has, like, four seasons to her name, and she has a lot to say in each movie, in each uh, season. <laughs> She's probably done other things that you just don't realize. I really don't know her from anything until I saw Alias and then I watched her in the movie and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Let's see. What what else has she done? This is this person. Yeah. Lena Olin? Is it Alien? Or Lena Olin, I guess. See, Alias is, She's... In the, is in her top two credits. Look at it. She was in Chocolat. She was? Apparently. Oh yeah. She's the one who's being abused. Yeah, I never watched Chocolat more than half a movie in a flight yeah i only watched it once and i was like chocolat 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 yeah. and i was like you need oscar to relax Renner? guys oscar winner oscar nominated i think there was uh, somebody something won. somebody somebody won but it was nominated for a few things um that's when johnny depp was not problematic correct he's She's... not problematic anymore but there's something up i don't know he was in casanova yeah there you go there's a bunch of movies here i don't recommend this is all the ones that she's been in yeah. Wow, she's good been, for her. She's been I, acting since 1976. So I'm absolutely wrong. But some of these movies are not in English. Look. That is true. I don't think English is her first language. No, 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 no it's not. You can tell when she's when she's speaking. She was born in... She's Swedish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She looks exactly the same. Yeah, she's aging well. Yeah. Well, actually, I wonder how old this picture is. But you never know. It's fine. But she looked the same in Alias that she does in the movie as Mystery Man. Yeah. Yeah, so Well she's think- got she's got three movies coming out next year. One looks Swedish, the other two Good for her. I'm glad she's working. Fun. I always liked her because you know, she was Sydney Bristol's mom. Mm-hmm. What's Hunters? Oh yeah, this is the Amazon Prime series. I watched this. It's about like did not watch Jewish this. people getting revenge on Germans who imprisoned them and tortured them in Auschwitz. Oh. Something like that. And so they're like hunting them down. Yeah, and what um, person is in it? <laughs> What's his name? It's not Al Pacino. See, in my head, I know he's it not. It is Al Pacino. Pacino. Is it Al Pacino? <laughs> Who am I thinking of then? The Robert other one. De Niro. There you go. Yeah. So 
Oh, yeah, I find I find their names are interchangeable. To be honest, yeah, like it's just it's, it's just a thing. And then the it's lead not. actor in that series, Logan Lerman, is also like German or something mm. in real life. Cool. So maybe I should go watch that show. It's an enjoyable show. It's dramatic action, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a drama series. Right. Six episodes or seven episodes, whatever. I'm down for it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, there are so many characters in this because you also have, so you've got Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. There's also, um, Eddie Izzard's in there. Pa- Love Eddie Izzard. Like, so good. And I, I, I didn't know that he's done so, I, I like obviously knew that he had done film work, mm-hmm. but he's done so many dating back. So I went on like a little, you know. Dive. Yeah, little dive because I really actually enjoy all of his comedy. Mm-hmm. And like I saw him in person once. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, right. Yeah, you saw him here. Yeah. Oh, on like a just for laughs thing. No. No, he did a he did a show at um. Oh my god, what's the name of that theater that's across from Newton Center on the side street that they just redid the other day? AMC. No. No, like when I say theater, not movie theater. Oh, like like a real one. Yeah. Like so you know, like there's, there's Young Street here. Yeah. And there's a, like a theater here, but then there's like a side street that's across from Franz. I know what you're talking about. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes. The one with the little stage lights. Yes. Yeah. That place. And they, that they place. just redid it during the pandemic. They redid never been the there. Place. So never been to that venue. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Well, this, I went before it was redone. Yeah. Um, Like years and years ago. And um, yeah, it was, he was so funny because I was kind of like skeptical about it because no, I was just like, I was like, I've heard of him, I don't Oh, One know? of my favorite jokes from Eddie Izzard come, like, if, of all time is the evil giraffe joke. Have you heard of this? No. About how, like, lions and tigers are always portrayed in cartoons, like, as being very evil. And there's always this thing of, like, you know, just the way that they're even drawn and the way they speak is very, like, I'm going to eat everything. And they're like, but they never do that to giraffes. And he's like, you know, there's no giraffe walking around going, like, I ate all the leaves and some of the other giraffes may die. That's exactly how he delivers it. <laughs> Subsequently, I've also had an evil giraffe t-shirt given to me because they know that I love that joke so much. And it, it was in reference to kind of like how vegetarian people are always considered to be so angelic and all this stuff. But anyways, that's a no, offshoot I, moment. I am not saying all vegetarian people like this, but a lot of people, a lot of vegetarians are very self-righteous and it's just fucking annoying. True. I want to fight them. It depends on what reasons you're doing it for. Yes. But. Like if you want, if you're being a vegetarian just so you can tell other people you're a vegetarian, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. But if you're just doing it because that's how you like it's it. It's healthier. You yeah. don't like the taste of meat. Wh- yeah. Whatever. It's cheaper. It's not cheaper. Is it? I don't think it's cheaper. I mean, it's cheaper than meat. Really? I mean, if you're getting your meat, I'm, I'm a, uh, it depends on where you get your meat from. So I'm like, okay. oh, look, I'm not going to a fancy butcher. I'll be like, look, can I get the... 10 year aged steak in the back please is this a no. thing yeah a 10 year aged steak how does it age it's i don't know actually in like open air uh, it's not like rotten or anything oh it's more like is it like blue che- cheese is it is it kind of in that world yeah that sounds disgusting i think so see so i'm, I'm no but like- there's no like like blue cheese there's like a, a an enzyme in it and essentially there's like a fungusy thing growing in it that's yeah. good for you blah 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 I find blue cheese vile. I hate the smell of it, and I can't eat large chunks of it, but I don't mind it crumbled on things. Yeah. If ever we get, like, a cheese plate, I always, I always suggest it, if I know that the person who I'm having lunch with is a good blue cheese person, like, they love it or they like to eat it, because chances are when, when it shows up, I'm going to push it off to you, mm-hmm. and 
the other ones are for me. You can eat that. You can have just that one. Exactly. That's mm, good. Because they always give you a huge chunk of it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the other sheets in comparison, you're like, you're like, like why is this, this tiny sliver and then like a full wedge? Yeah. You're just like, what's happening? Oh, blue cheese. Exactly. Yes. Disgusting. Uh, but I like blue cheese. Blue cheese are delicious. Um, but yeah, like Kobe beef or something like that. Exactly. Is that the is that the fancy one where they like massage the cows? Like the cows are essentially at a spa, and it helps distribute the fat in it better, and blah blah blah. And they're like seventy dollars a pound or some nonsense. I don't eat enough cheese to know this kind of bougie. <laughs> um, there's some fucking fancy cheese out oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. The the one cheese that I will probably refuse to ever have is the the French maggot cheese. I forget what that's called. It's like, it's like civet cat coffee. Like it's, it's you, the, these maggots eat it and then secre- whatever they're secretion. I did not realize you like to be cast on Survivor. No, that's what I'm saying. I would not eat it. There's not a We're thing gonna I'm going to do. We're going to send you tape in. We're going to send you tape in to Survivor. If you but that's like, that, that's like the civet cat coffee that people like, you know, it's like $60 a pound. What? What? Yeah. So, so these, there are these cats uh-huh. that eat the coffee, like, berries that have like the seeds inside which right. make coffee yeah yeah and when it digests through their system it don't comes... no that no don't say anymore okay i it, is it no you're for real yes does no that's disgusting what are you talking about honey is is technically um i know it's bee vomit vomit yeah. yeah so it's we eat weird things if you think about it too hard i don't need honey either you don't need honey <laughs> It's very rare. Mm-hmm. rare. Now, you're so sweet. Aww. Aww. I'm lying. Bitter. Very bitter. <laughs> no, I'm not bitter. Am no, I, you're am not. I, am I, I would say I'm caustic in the sense that, like, I will I will say a spicy thing every now and then. But not as much as I used to when I was younger. Oh, when yeah. I was you, younger. Used to, you used to see some mean things every once in a while. Because even I'd be sitting back and be like, oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, when I was younger, I felt like I needed to have the last word. And as I get older, I feel like it's okay. I don't have to have the last word. I don't care enough is what my problem is. Precisely. I was, I'm Precisely. like, it's oh, is that what you want to believe? All yeah, right. Have a good irrelevant. day. I mean, yeah. There's no point. Yeah. No, I don't need to win every single conversation. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But don't worry. People People think that my... Yeah. My nonchalantness most of the time yeah. means they can push me over. But no, if you push, yeah. I will If you work show. in law long enough, you'll realize you don't have mm-hmm. to have the last word. It's exactly. Okay. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's just fine. Um, yes. How did we get over here? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. We were talking about Eddie Izzard and then I, we went off onto this. See, this, this is what happens. Yeah. Yes. This is so, yeah. what happens all the time. You're talking about uh, the cast. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting here and we're like, how do I segue back to the movie? I don't even know. Sorry. It's no, there is no, there's no easy segue. <laughs> Who else is there? Oh, so, okay. Another thing I realized is there's so many musical references in this movie. Yeah. So, like, there's uh, the friend of Eddie Izzard's character is played by Proz from the Fugees. Yeah. Then um, you have the not the not goody boys, which is actually like uh, sorry, the not g- goody mob, yeah, which is goody mob, right? Uh, which is like CeeLo Green and stuff. Where yeah. you got to start. Um, you also have that's why I like that. Song. Yeah, I didn't know that. About then that. there's like Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. You know, he, yeah. he's the, the the singer dude. Um, there was something else. Did I write it What's down? What's the one that's playing? That's like top top forty kind of track that's playing when they go to that little camp with Sphinx. Oh no, they have oh and they have the the song um oh my god. I actually wrote a story about this too. Um why is my brain dying? We can look it up. No. No, I'm gonna remember this. Okay. What are you talking about? Because it was made famous by Shrek. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, See, I don't remember anything, so I already clocked out on this particular memory it's thing. Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. There we go. Yes. See? Uh, what's really funny is that people forget. Okay, so I'm actually gonna look up the name of the song because this is gonna drive me fucking crazy. Because right sure now I can't get enough of you, babies, in my head. But I'm like, I no. know. For no, no, no. It's a very no. It's a top forty song. It is not that song, but that was also a top forty song. Oh, really? Yes. More so than this one from Smash Mouth? Oh, no. This one was more, especially after Shrek came out. Yeah. It played non-stop. All-Star. It's there All-Star by Smash Mouth. But the thing is, this movie came out before Shrek. Yeah. And the music video for All-Star by Smash Mouth is Mystery Men. Like, there's scenes no. cut into it and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Is the- that, like, the first instance of somebody kind of cross-promoting with the movie? No. Or like, not with music videos. Not no. music videos? No. No. But the thing is, when Shrek came out, this song blew up. And most people, like, when they think about, like, All Star, they think Shrek. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. You're getting all the details here. All of the details. This is what you get for listening. Mm-hmm. The thing that you wanted to know about Smash Mouth. Right? You I, know. Famous, I honestly, truly, truly, truly actually really like Smash Mouth as mm-hmm. a... At, like as a group and I, I I really actually like the music actually one of their songs that is the least popular song and most people don't even know this song unless you're like like you bought all their albums and like yeah. you're really really super into them is a song they put out called Waste mm-hmm. and it's a very like emotional mm-hmm. kind of like love lost yeah. kind of song and it's not as like boisterous as all of their other stuff I love that song. Funniest place Smash Mouth has been sampled or, or been used in tracks is on Mr. Robot, the TV series. Can I knit something for you? You never watched it? I, I really liked the first two seasons and then I, I fell off, but mm-hmm. it, it is a great show. And I watched like two episodes and I was really bored, but it was one of those things where I knew I was bored because I just didn't understand the episodes and I had to like go back and like watch more and you know when you say like oh no no okay i'll come back to it i'll come back to it and then five years go by and you're just like i forget the, the name show's of the still going on at this moment at this particular second i've forgotten the name of the creator of mr robot but subsequently he's done a series for amazon that janelle monet was on um in the second season and then um he also did another show called the resort and all of the shows start off very innocuously and as the season goes it gets like dialed up to a hundred. Sam Ismail, there you go. I think he's if I'm not wrong, he's married to the girl from Physical, the show. Physical? Uh who who's the girl who is in Bridesmaids who irritates Kristen Wig? Oh, a Rose Byrne? Rose Sam Ismail. I think oh. I believe they're married in real life. Oh, Homecoming. Yeah, I heard about this show. So Homecoming, great show. If you've never seen it, only has two seasons, five episodes, nothing crazy. First season of Homecoming is worth the watch for sure. And Janelle Monae is in the second one. Mm. Oh, wait, is that the one with the military people? Yes. Mm, okay. It's a really well done. Honestly, all of his shows have this in common that like, it's basically kind of put together. See, and the resort is on there, right? I yeah. have never, I have not watched a single one of his shows. Literally, all the shows have this common is that everything mm-hmm. starts at very. Gaslit is the one with Julia Roberts. Um, oh yes, yeah, okay, that was yeah, a good that, that was a good show. Uh, but I would definitely say that he's he has this thing that he does in his shows where the first couple episodes you're like, what's going on? And it's literally when you start watching the show all the way through that he kind of like rewards you for watching the first couple of episodes. So he's not married to Rose Byrne. 
I made that up. Emmy Rossum. Same thing. I don't know. I don't know who threw that in. <laughs> Emmy Rossum is a girl from uh, the Phantom movie. Phantom of the Opera movie. Well, I she's, did, a, she's another thing. I shouldn't. Okay. First of all, there is this. What? There is a story behind why I didn't see that movie. Really? Yeah. There was a. Because. Oh my I God. know you did. Yeah. Because there was a whole scandal about yeah. that. Remember when the money went missing? Yeah. That was that night. Really? Yes. Okay. So let me explain this story because I can't. Are we, are I can, we really, really going to get into it? <laughs> oh, no. It. I'm not going to give names or anything. Okay. It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> so the way me and Alash met is yeah. we worked in a bookstore. Yeah. Okay. I was hired in 2002 um, for the Christmas rush and then I stayed. And literally the night I was hired, the sorry, the first night I worked, they had like a company meeting. So came, come after work, whatever, I show up and I see bitchy face in the corner. And then like you and Corey are sitting there staring at me and you're just like, come sit over here. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Anyways, this is how we became friends. We've been friends ever since. It's fine. Yeah. Anyways, but anyway, so a couple years go by, whatever. Phantom of the Opera comes out. I'm working the late shift. Bunch of people from work are like, we're going to go see Phantom of the Opera, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck, I have to work. Okay. But I'm closing that night. And part of closing is like, you got to count the money, right? Make sure the money in the safe is good. The tills match, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting there counting. And one of the things is like, if you have stacks of coins, you at least tap the top to make sure the thing is full. And I'm tapping through one of the rolls is empty yeah and i was like so okay. of course immediately i tell my boss and because so it was two knees and because it's company money they of course have to report it and blah 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 right they can't just be like oh it's missing inventory write it off yeah whatever so it's physical money so they have to report it and so after that, there's a whole thing because I was closing, my boss gets called in, I get called in, we have to to write a statement at a police station, all this kind of nonsense. And the thing- I can't believe that that's how far it got, given the size of the company. Yeah. Is that like, it makes me laugh that like, that's how far it went. Yeah. I still now when I think about it, it makes me laugh because there was no loss prevention procedure in place. So it's like, yeah, okay, that happened. But it went, it, it, it got really intense. It got very intense. For nothing. Like, it, if you really think about the size of the company, 50 bucks doesn't mean anything. But Yeah, but especially as, like, little black girl being called into a police yeah. station. Yeah, exactly. And this was fully, like, they put me into, like, an interrogation room. Yeah. And they didn't put me on, like, a hotline and grill me or anything. They were just, like... No, but there was there was a, there was a lot. Because I remember I was talking about it and I said, where were you today? And you're like, well, I have to go to the police station to get my statement. And the person was asking me about it. And I was like, what the hell did you think they were going to find from it? Like, it doesn't mean anything. Because th- I can't even remember... When we worked, there were the cameras. No. So I no, I think there was one camera at the cash desk, which nobody really had access to. So God yeah. only knows what they saw. Exactly. Um. But but yeah, like it was a whole thing. Yeah, but the, the but all I remember the thing I remember most is a being very nervous because again, black yeah. person being called into police yeah, station, yeah. I'm gonna get beat up or arrested or something. Didn't happen. Don't worry. Everything was fine. Um, Second of all, I was just like, because I watch a lot of procedurals. I was like, oh, is this what it's really like? Oh, my God. The thing is, is the room was so sad because a lot of those procedurals, the room is like fully, completely done and whatever. 
No, this, I, maybe they were in the middle of res- renovations or something. I have no idea. It's all but, like. But there was like back. insulation showing. There was like yeah. a wire on the ceiling. I don't, I don't know they what's gave, going on. They gave you the one that's for like low, low threat. Low. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. It's only $50. Yeah. She's not running anywhere. It's okay. Yeah. yeah but what I just, I, I, it still boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. If I was or had been aware of the legality of situations, you know, back then than I do now, I would be like, no, for what? Yeah. What do you need to go there to do that for? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Because in that moment in time, you're essentially telling the person that we think that you are the one that we're incriminating. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it doesn't make any sense why you had to go there to do it. But anyways. anyways. Yeah. But long story short, I never saw Phantom of the Opera. Thanks a lot, too. No, I'm just joking. I, I was going to say the name of the CEO, but I won't. Know too much about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's one name I do remember. Everybody else's name was like, what was that guy's name again? Yeah. We didn't like that guy. Uh, anyways, it's, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I still remember because I met up with you guys after the movie, like after we closed yeah. down. We went and like snacks or something at a restaurant. Yeah. And I was like telling you, it's like, you will not believe what happened. Like, yeah. it was a whole thing. And I, yeah. I remember, like, just being like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Again, long story short, I did not see Phantom of the Opera. But, oh, but she was the girl in the day after tomorrow. So now I know. I get it. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I know. The day after tomorrow is one of those movies where I feel like I shouldn't like it. But every time it's on TV, I watch, I watch the it a shit million, out of it. I watch it a million times. Every time. It's the one with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, right? When yes. he's like. 17. Yeah. And not problematic for yeah. stealing Taylor Swift's car. Yeah, there's a whole thing. Did you miss the movement? Okay. Where Taylor Swift released that song that okay. like Lavity directed. You keep talking about Taylor Swift and we you know. I'm just letting you know what the what what the kids are talking about. <laughs> you know? This is how you stay young. Um but yeah, there was a whole thing and and at one point the lady from uh, Blackish got involved, you know, the, the grandma. Mm. It was like really funny in real life. She got involved and she was like, Jake, you should give Taylor her scarf back. I'll send you the money. You know what's really funny about that? Right. You're like, oh, the grandma from Blackish, she's in this movie. No. She's the, the black wife of William H. Macy, Jennifer oh Lewis. Oh my God. I did not recognize her face. And I thought. Yeah, but even head. if you don't recognize her face, you recognize her voice as soon as she talks. Yeah. yeah. Because I looked at her and I was like, she looks familiar. Then she spoke. I'm like, oh, it's her. That was it. So you're welcome. See, I tied that in for you. Ooh, segue. And there we go. See? Yes, we did it. Oh, it's related. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Where we, so we were going. Anyways, going back to what we were talking about, that um, in in the movie, one of the things that constantly happens is that you kind of have like these really great scenes, but when you really look at like the flow of the film, there is. It does lack a certain flow. It feels very, like, choppy. It's very choppy, yeah. yeah. I find it goes from high to low too quickly and too long in between. Exactly. So, like, the action sequences are extended. Yeah. But also the lull in between is also extended. Yeah. And I think that's what was making me feel so bored. Like, I was... I Like, I... I remembered most of like the action parts, yeah. but like the lulls, I was like, were they always this long? Like they were like 10, 15 minutes. And then, you know, a six minute action sequence, then 10, 15 minutes and a six minute action. Sequence. And you're like, okay. And then the last what, 20 gained- minutes of the movie is, is all like yeah. this weird action thing. It never like 
gain speed as the movie's coming to like a climax. There's no, there's nothing happening. It's very like flat, mm-hmm. which is why I think maybe when the movie came out, because I was looking at it, like its overall rating and it had like 6.5 out of 10, which is like, it's not bad, but it's not, you're not anywhere close to like a good in, in no. that way. So I, I think one of the things that would have helped it if they had really worked at making sure that those in between scenes that are happening amidst all the action they're just as great and they're not really they're not really they're not no really. they're just they're so like Tactile. mediocre yeah they you know yeah. it's like they they for it's not that they forgot about the story building aspect of it it's more like they had it in there, but then they worked on the action sequences and then forgot to, yeah. you know, update the in-between yeah. parts as well. Mm-hmm. You know? And I will even say, like, it almost feels like in some of those scenes the editor got tired because there's no score. So for all of the song cues that we we're talking about, they're happening absolutely throughout the movie, but some of the scenes have no score. There's nothing in the yeah. background. Yeah, a lot of this, the music is uh, the transition sequences. Yeah. Like, we're going from here to here, and then yeah. you get there and nothing. Nothing. There's no score whatsoever behind the dragon. You're like... Uh, this is a very odd choice, especially if you look at it, it around the time that other movies like it were coming out. It's just like, this doesn't make sense. It feels like, and that's probably what makes it again, like I said, probably enhances that choppy feeling. Yes. Because yeah. sometimes you can connect things a little bit. If there's still a score in the background, you can mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know what? It's kind of like, you don't realize that it's choppy. Yeah. You know? And like each person doesn't really have like a theme, you know, no. like score wise. So, like, I related this movie, like, I think visually and style-wise, yes, it has a little bit more color, but it's very Batman Returns. Very. Very Batman Returns. So it's got, like, um, this anachronistic, uh, like, setting in this, like, city with huge towers and everything, but for some reason, everybody's dressed like it's the 1940s, but there's neon lights everywhere, and they have all this technology. And then some of the some of the sets are weird because it's like when he's walking, when Ben Stiller is walking, uh, Claire Forlini. There we go. Thank mm-hmm. you. He's walking her home. The stoop just looks like it's any old LA film city stoop. Like it's it, probably what it is. It's to be honest. What it is. But then it's really bizarre because in comparison, that amusement park set that they go to, where like you know they go to meet the weapons director mm-hmm. and uh, the weapons creator. Sorry, it's it's just the most beautiful thing. Even as they're like rolling up to it, there's a little shot where you can see that the ground is cracked and it's kind of panning up to this like very much abandoned amusement park kind of thing. And I almost wanted to go and research it, but I didn't manage because I had to go watch Ocean's Eleven. Um, to see if it was one of those, like, you know, those world fair things where, like, somebody just left it behind and it's yeah. just, like, this great, you know, skeleton scavenge thing. Yeah. But even when they go inside that place, so there's an exterior shot and then they click to an interior and you can tell it's a set piece. But there's, like, a mirrored tunnel that they're going into. Like, it, the scale of the movie That's is... That's the part I missed, by the way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. The scale of the movie, I have to say, when all things considered, even the very first scene, the opening scene, mm-hmm. where they walk into, which I don't even know what that was. I think it was, I think it's an old person's home and it, they're, they're, they're having, having dinner. Yeah. Somebody. So, something yeah. like that. Um, but I will definitely say like, even that set piece, like there's moments where you're watching going like, this is insane. Like mm-hmm. the mansion that um, Jeffrey Cass- Rush lives yeah. in, Casanova lives in. I, what? Well, like watching like, like this the director of what's his name kinka usher yeah and i don't know who the set designer is i have to dig deep for that but they clearly are like look 
I'm going to look at some action flicks. I'm going to yeah. look at some superhero stuff. Yeah. I'm going to look at some weird shit. Okay. Yeah. Because that opening sequence reminds me a lot of things like um, Brazil. Yeah. For example. Like just the, the weird angles and the color palettes and like the odd, yeah, the oddly placed you know, mirrors for something. Like, they had, like, a... Somebody had, like, a weird monocle I that, like, sensors, like, their face, and, like, they're moving kind of weirdly and everything, and you're like, you know it's just a party and they're having cake. Yeah. But at the same time, like, they you made, they made it as weird as fucking possible. Yeah. Fine. And it's probably right? the only scene which felt truly futuristic somehow. Yeah, right? Everything else just feels like... Okay, but even in the scene where they kind of... You know, where Greg Kinnear gets kidnapped and placed in that little chair, mm-hmm. whatever, that chamber that they're in... That chamber doesn't feel connected to the movie. Yeah, because it feels Batman. Yeah, but that's it. Like it just. Yeah, I was. Just it like, just okay. feels like any uh, any of the Batman movies. Yeah, exactly. Is what it felt like. Um, because uh, well, actually, no. That scene reminds me of the bad Batman movies. So, yes. you know, like the second two super comic booky ones, whatever. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of, right? Like Batman Forever, that kind of thing. And Whereas, it's funny that you said that. Yeah, because I feel like that's what the movie is lacking. They're not really completely leaning into that vibe and they're not completely leaning into the future thing or they're not completely leaning into present time. It kind of feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's everywhere. Because they they put too... They had too many influences and they didn't know how to smooth it together. Or someone to say, maybe we can drop this and use it somewhere else or not not use it for this, you know, this particular or do it movie. in a slightly different yeah, way. because yeah. the characters are really cool. Like, I feel like... I have to say my favorite character is Hank Azaria's character. Mm-hmm. You know, just because... The Blue Raja. Yeah, exactly. Just his... You know, who, who I'm a sucker for a, a very old British accent that feels like contrived. <laughs> you know, and uh, even his bedroom where, like, he just has, like, all these drapes from the ceiling. So I feel like, in that way, the characters are so great, but the movie loses it for the simple reason that it doesn't really lean into anything. It kind of just... Tries to do everything. Well, that and that makes it too eccentric. Like I think a a film, usually movies that work where there's a lot of eccentricities, is either the visual style is really mm-hmm. eccentric, mm-hmm. or the characters are really eccentric. Because right. I like I brought up Brazil just now. Like the main character in that, he's a he's a relatively normal man, yeah. but in a very weird world, mm-hmm. right? Whereas this is you have like these very eccentric, eccentric people, and then the whole world is very, very eccentric. And there's nothing for you to focus on. There's nothing for you to follow through with. There's nothing for you to stick with. And so you're just all over the place the whole time. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, and it's, and it's one of those, cause like I'm watching the movies, like I said, I'm like, oh, well, this is from this and this is from this and that is from this and blah, blah, blah. You know, like I'm, like you're following it through. Like, like, like I don't understand. You have a weird environment already. Why do you need all the, the weird up angled fisheye? Yeah. Like shots. Like yeah. you don't need all of that. There's something off about it that you I would say is this, is that there's kind of like, it's almost too erratic mm. in comparison. A movie that has similar vibes, not the same thing. Galaxy quest mm. is like, it really leans into it. So when you watch it, you never feel disconnected from what you're seeing. Yeah. And you get a better experience as a result. This, I felt like somebody was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if there were all these like crazy characters, you know, who are in the same movie and with all these amazing actors. Somebody started with that idea and then meshed a story with it. But a lot of cooks got into the kitchen at the same time. Yeah, because I think it originally started as like a parody. Yeah. But 
Did I call it a parody before? Because it's more than just you said a, satire earlier. It's, it is a satire. That yeah. that is correct. No, I yeah. still I do believe it's a satire because it's not quite a parody if you pay attention to it. It's no. not not like Galaxy Quest, which is it's a parody of true these types of it's things. It's a very absolutely yeah. yeah. Whereas this is a satire of action flicks, mm-hmm. but it's not a parody of them. No, they they like now. I think at the time they were trying to have a different look at the idea of a superhero mm-hmm. and especially with Greg Kinnear's character, which reminds me a lot of booster gold. He was in it for the money. Like he was already a rich dude, but then he was in it for more money. So yeah. he's like booster gold slash a bad Batman. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't know who booster gold is, booster gold is in, yeah, it's a, he's in the DC universe right. and he's actually a guy who comes He's from the future, comes back in time with a bunch of tech, which makes him appear to be a superhero. And then he starts saving people, becomes very famous and starts getting like people start paying him to be a superhero and he gets deals and all this kind of stuff. So he's very much this guy. This fact brought to you by Dorks R Us. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> um, but like, of course, Booster Girl later on finds out, you know, why can't I be a real hero and like yeah. learns better? But he's a douchebag, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just like Greg Kinnear. Which is so this. funny because at that time when this movie came out, I saw what else he did. And he was like the eternal like rom-com guy. Greg Kinnear had been in so many of these like good guy roles. Yeah, but then- he also did like, um, we talked about uh, Little Miss Sunshine not too long yeah. ago, which came out. But oh, that, no, that's actually a That succeeds later. the movie. It's not preceding, I don't think. Yeah, no, it comes after yeah. those. Where he also plays like, but I think he was looking at this time to play people who weren't such goody goodies. He wasn't as good, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, in Little Miss Sunshine, I like I watched that movie and I was like, "Oh, I hate you! Like you're a horrible person." Yeah. Is all I kept thinking, and I was like, "I, I didn't remember his character being this horrible." But Greg Kinnear, yes, I think, was famously in a lot of movies where if you couldn't afford Tom Hanks, you hired Greg Kinnear. <laughs> but Greg Kinnear is a good. He's a, he's a, he's a great a actor. actor in and in and of himself. He's a great actor, but they have similar attributes of always being a good guy. Like Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. I think only recently when he did Elvis is the first time he's played somebody who's really kind of like not a great guy. Yeah. Even though in the movie, like they do obviously show him in the worst possible light. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like he, Tom Hanks has made a career out of playing good guys. Yeah, but good guys with flaws. Like they were never, they're not, they're not perfect. perfect. Yeah. But you always wanted to root for them. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I will even and say. And there was nothing wrong with rooting for them, despite their flaws. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say it's very easy to root for all the characters because even for Ben Stiller, who's kind of like triggering for me, for mm-hmm. me personally. I'm talking about other people. I'm talking about myself. Yeah, um, I have really liked a lot of Ben Stiller stuff, to be honest. I think in the beginning, I was just like, oh my God, please shut up. Yeah. It's just because I feel like I come across those kinds of individuals every day. All the time. Yes. That's, I think, why I don't love it. With Ben Stiller's character, probably the only caveat to this everybody else i really liked mm-hmm. i even like william h macy but william h macy is very good he's at actually making like the, he's playing like, a likable character even yeah. if they're like the worst person and he's probably one of the people who keeps the ground like keeps the group like very grounded mm-hmm. well i think he's also the one person who's really being altruistic yeah like he's just like no okay. i'm a, I'm good at shoveling, so I'm and I gotta save the city. Yeah. Mm, that's what we're doing, right? Whereas Ben Stiller, like when he has his break, the breakdown at the like the end of the movie, and he's like, "I'm not angry anymore." That is like I've always been pretending. How do I stop pretending? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, 
Yeah, it's because you're yeah. just an ass. And you just wanted an excuse for it. Um, but the thing is, is the main three characters, like the people that you're originally introduced to, the yeah. Blue Raja, the Shoveler, and... Um, Furious. Uh, is it, what else is Isn't it... Bestow's name is Furious. Is it Furious? Yeah. It is Furious. Okay. Anyways, I don't know. Um... Like, they don't have any powers. Uh, no. No. Whereas everybody they recruit, even though they make fun of them, and everybody else around them actually has yeah. a power. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, the shoveler's thing is that he's really good with the shovel. Yeah. The blue Raja's thing, for some reason, is that he throws cutlery. Table not work. knives. Not knives, by yeah, the way. Yeah, tableware. Just like forks and... Forks, forks and spoons. spoons. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, spoons. I mean, they can take an eye out. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And then Furious is just very angry all the time. He's a... What is it? A, a, and then a turns, out, turns out that his, his legend is not true. It's yeah, fake. It's fake. It's all yeah. fake. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. And then you have the bowler comes in, which is Janine Garofalo. Oh, we don't talk... We didn't talk enough about Janine Garofalo. In I this love Janine Garofalo. I mean, she She did, owns everything she's in. She, she does. Everything. She does. I mean, a few years ago, she sort of went completely against what her thing was, which yeah. I thought was weird. Um, like, I know it was probably just to, like, better herself or whatever. But for years, she was like, no, there's nothing wrong with being a little chunky and being a brunette, blah, blah, blah. And then she went on some crazy diet, got super skinny and bleached her hair blonde. And I was like. I mean, I think if you're in if you're in that environment all the time and all these. Yeah. What was the name of Ben Stiller's love interest? Uh, Claire Florlini. There you go. All these like Claire Florlini. Mm-hmm. Florlini. Okay. Forlon- oh, is it Florlini or Forlani? She's not even up on the yeah, original cast. Forlani. Sorry. Sorry. Claire Forlani. Claire Forlani. Um, I would say, you know, the Claire Forlani types. And if you see them getting bigger breaks than you, even though you're more talented, I feel like after a while, your brain might get screwed up. But she's not blonde. She's not. She is not blonde. But we know a lot of those types. Yes. And it's true. It's true. Um, and we just I opened do... up Netflix. It's a graveyard of those kinds of girls. Oh, yes. I find that now everybody, they're like, somebody works. So then they hire everybody that looks like that person yeah. to be in things. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't need homogenous television. Like, I don't yeah. be like, is that the same person? Mm-hmm. I think it is. Oh. But and then you it's obviously it's not. Know, have a lot of experience with Hallmark type ish movies. Yes. So you know that there is a type. There's a very specific type. Yeah. And I'm just like, can we just have something else on screen like for five minutes? That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. You know. And I think that's fun about seeing somebody like Jeanine Garofalo on there. It's like they they're clearly enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. They're just something else to look at, yeah. and she's she's pretty. Like I don't, yeah. I don't see what the big deal is. Uh, and she has person, like actual personality. Yeah, no big deal. She's walking around with her dad's skull in a bowling ball. Yeah, no big deal. There's nothing wrong with that. I, but she also has conversations with it. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a problem. You know. Um, but what else? It's a magical bowling ball, anyways. Right. You know. Um, and then we've got the spleen, Paul Rubens. Who can aim his farts at people and take them out. It's great. It's fine. We got the invisible boy who can only be invisible when nobody's looking at him. Yeah. Which I think is everybody's superpower, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know. There is a lot of that, like examining and and, and kind of like having these characters who have different things to say, you know, and even for 
Ben Stiller's character and sorry to go back to Ben Stiller but even his whole like thing about like you know rage and and having that you know that kind of experience or that kind of character is is really talking about how general people are walking around in the populace like it's not just you know it's not just that these people are kind of one-offs where you see them and you're like okay well Mm. you know there's nobody else like this yeah there's a lot of people like that yeah and especially when so he has his breakdown when he finally opens up to the love interest which is claire farlanding's character and he's just like she sees me and i don't have to be angry anymore yeah and a lot of people think you know that's how it works is like well if i find somebody who loves me for me it'll be fine so much pressure on a poor person yeah like that's way too much pressure on somebody else like you need to correct your fucking self yeah to be okay. honest. Um, and that might actually help people love you. Yeah. You know, exactly. and it's not that they don't love you for you. It's just you're not being a dick. Yeah. I also think it's it's weird to kind of have that thing where you just think that somebody's going to like you or somebody's going to love you and you're somehow going to be changed as a person. Mm-hmm. I think it's a weird. Emotion. I think it's a weird thing to be pushed in movies. Yes. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like I'm sometimes sure when you find the right person and you know, your horm like, because it changes your hor being in love changes your hormones and your attitudes and all that kind of stuff. It's been scientifically proven. Yeah. Whether it's for the better or for the worse are two different things, mm-hmm. right? And for some people, yes, getting, finding somebody who loves you that you can be yourself around will help you be a better person. But for a lot of people, it turns them into fucking psychos. Yeah. Or it doesn't do anything at all yeah so but the thing is there are so many movies like all of those rom-com movies and and all this kind of stuff it's just like well if somebody loves me then everything will be great that's not how it works guys that's not how it works if you're out here in these streets in 2022 walking around with this idea in your head you are wrong you're wrong Um, but based on my conversations, people walk on street going like I gotta fuck people for them to love me right let's fuck everybody like you need to just I mean, that's a different kind of love. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying... You're in love with yourself. There's nothing wrong with getting it on. Everybody loves a little loving. But, you know, sleeping around to find somebody and then being upset that nobody likes you because you just keep sleeping around. I mean, we knew people like that. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Let's leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's leave it at that. Exactly. We're going to walk away from that's that comment. It's okay. good. It's good. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a stupid thing that movies push. Just so like final, all the final word on Mystery Men is? I think Since I, you own it. I don't own it. To, to be honest, I got to rewatch it. Because when I watched it, I was very tired. And you know how like sometimes your mood really does affect yeah. mm-hmm. your viewing pleasure of yeah, something. Yeah. And I would recommend it to people. I'd be like, you know what? You know, you want some subversive superhero content? Give it a shot. You yeah. might, you might like it. Um, it's not your typical thing. Yeah. Have a look. And the fact that they, you know, spoiler alert. I don't know. This yeah. movie's twenty three years old. Yeah. They like kill the the real quote unquote real superhero in it by accident. Like that. Also, those good, two good dead plot twist. Those two death scenes in it, like in the machine, yeah. are so uh, graphic. 
Yeah, 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 let's go with graphic compared to everything else in the movie that I was like shocked. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, it was yeah. just. Also, to me, it made me laugh because I was like, you spend money here, but you didn't spend money in the opening of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> To make the to make the city look a bit better than it did when it opens, it doesn't. Well, because it's like ninety percent green screen. Yeah, but it just makes me laugh because you know, as I said, it looks like a Janet Jackson video, but Janet Jackson's videos have less of a budget than a movie does. Yeah, and so her videos look better. Yeah, it's understandable that her videos open the way that they do, mm-hmm. and it does not make sense that a movie with a budget like that would open the same way that a music video does, and then subsequently have a sequence where they've spent so much money on CGI, and you're like. Why? Why are you doing this? There's no reason. I mean, there is a lot of CGI in this movie. There is, yes. A lot. For this, for the time that it came out, and there's a lot of CGI in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they do a pretty good job with it. Like, it hasn't hate... Like, you can definitely pick it out. Yeah. But it's not horrible. Like, it's I, not... I it's, you're not looking at it and going like, oh my God. Yeah. No, no. I think it was... It's It looks typical for its time. Yes. Yeah. It yes. wasn't like some groundbreaking... Thing. No, but also I've seen other movies from 1999 where you're just like, why does it look like a preschooler drew mm-hmm. this? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why is this some, allowed? There's some ones you're like, okay, I guess. There's some movies now that come out. You're just like, what yep. the fuck is going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, it's as a non cinephile. Um, I didn't. I wasn't bored. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a movie I would recommend to somebody as a movie that's from the top of my head? Probably not. No, that's a movie. This is a movie you you recommend to very specific people. Like this is not like a, oh my god you have like everybody's like oh my god you have to see it. Yeah. No, this is a like oh no I like superhero things but I'm kind of sick of like Marvel and yeah. stuff. You're like oh you want to watch something a little different? It Boom. is amusing. It's yeah. absolutely amusing. It has comedic lines like we have a date with Destiny and she ordered lobster <laughs> or blind date with Destiny. So it's like there's a there's a really iconic like lines in it and it's written well it's just light on script so it's like if you're watching it you're kind of watching it with not some like idea in your head that like oh this is the movie that's gonna break all the genres yeah no 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 did you catch the sorry i'm gonna bring this up dane cook appearance yes i did (laughs) for five seconds and he put a waffle iron to his face and i wish he had left it on there longer yeah i don't i'm not a big fan of Dane Cook. there's also doug jones in there there's so many there's like, so many people in this the movie. guy who opened in the in the beginning the red eyes who's like yeah this that's, um, fest. oh that's the guy from snl and stuff. yes that's what I'm yeah saying. so there there's a lot of that's, appearances in it as, as far as ensemble movie goes it's an absolute easy watch because if you don't like one person there's another person who you're gonna like in yeah. less than 10 seconds yeah this movie is a lot of like cameo spotting where you're like it's that oh it's it's yeah it's yeah. a whole it's a whole thing so it's yeah. a good movie if you like ensembles because i feel like now nobody makes those kinds of movies not to this level like the newest one is what knives out yes or onion something glass onion glass onion, onion that's glass. coming out onion yes. in a glass i'm gonna watch it, it looks i'm good. watching it 100 yeah. percent. janelle money is i have to support it <laughs> We stand Janelle Monet in this household. Don't act like you do. we don't. Don't act like you're walking we around. Do. And, yeah, there you go. We do. We get it. There we yes. go. See? Um, but speaking of stylish people and ensembles. Yes. That is true. These movies are very big ensemble casts, both of them. We're moving to Ocean's Eleven. I cannot wait to talk about this movie. Yeah, because, you know, we're talking fashion on the stuff. You're like, damn, that's hot. 
Um, so this one came out two years after Mystery Men in 2001. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a completely different time because this feels much more modern. Much more modern, yeah. It's just like the... It's just... It's cool. It's just a cool It's movie. a cool movie all the time. Yeah. The whole time. The minute that it starts. But it has similar vibes um, to other, like... Um, well, I watched Matchstick Men. Mm-hmm. And so originally in my head when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is very similar to Ocean's Eleven because of like the music cues and all these kinds of things. So obviously, like in comparison of that, I feel like, yes, this movie is very cool. But obviously it's based on the original movie that has Frank Sinatra in it. Yeah, the Brat Pack, yeah. Uh, which in preparation for this movie... <laughs> This this particular podcast, I watched the original. Oh, you did? I okay, thought, I did not get around to watching the yeah, original. Yeah, I found the original. The original is very, very, very good for its time. It came out in the 60s or something. Uh, 1960, I think. 1960? Okay. Yeah. So, beginning of the 60s. Um, and I will say, for a movie of that time, it is as good as anything else I've ever seen. I mean, it's not... Ocean's Eleven, I, it's, I think it's kind of like an under, you know, underserving the movie to say like, oh yeah, it's based on this movie. It's based on the movie, but it's not the based idea on the movie. of it. Yeah, is, it's yeah. not based on the movie. Well, because a in the nineteen sixties, a lot, lot less technology and and all this kind of stuff. But even in the 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 nineteen sixties one, there aren't actually eleven people. No, 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 there are not. They're not yeah. eleven people. And it's also very much like it, the story or the camera primarily stays on like the principal. There's three principal characters, and. Uh, Please don't ask me who the characters are because I do not remember the other people's names. So it's Frank uh, Sinatra, Sam Davis Jr., there we go. Dean Martin. Thank you very much for coming to this uh, TED Talk. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I forget who the fourth one is, though. I feel bad about that. Let's see. Is it him? Peter Lawford. No, he's too old. It is. I just, in my head, I felt like I only remembered like really three. It's him. You know, it's Peter Lawford. That's right. But he's not even in a lot of the scenes. Mm-hmm. And Angie Dickinson. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Who <laughs> is essentially in about one and a half scenes. <laughs> so it's okay. It's fine. You know, at the time that was, that, that was a thing though. Yes. That this kind of movie would not feature. A woman. No. Right, in, a, in a big role. No. And by the way, Ocean Eleven keeps it up. Because Julia yeah. Roberts has a story arc, but I mean, she did it kind of because she, it, you know, her and George Clooney are best friends. friends and, and, and yeah, yeah. And that's why. So, um, but yes, I was going to say, to say that it's based off of this movie is kind of like underserving it because they really take the movie and, and do something else with it. Yeah. Because um, they're like, just out of prison and we're going to rob a casino. And that's mm-hmm. probably where the similarities stop. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, everybody is always well lit. The movie's constantly taking place at sunset or in the evening or never like... It's always golden hour. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> never, never, never early morning daylight. Yeah. Never. Not, not nothing once. harsh, nothing weird. Yeah, nothing weird. <laughs> um, and everyone's just always looking beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's a very easy movie to watch. Um, the scenes are sharp, but in a very typical Soderbergh style. Like, there's always a score in the background, that kicky music thing that's happening in the back that almost makes it feel like something's about to happen, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. So it's just, I feel like I really enjoy watching it just because it's such a complete experience when you see it. And... What's really amazing is that the scenes, even if you notice something that Mystery Men and and this have in common, the scenes are short. They're, they're very they're very quick. Yeah, short bursts all the time. Something is always going, and so it kind of makes it for the fact that 
it's not necessarily like an amazing mind-blowing script but it's a very good ensemble it's a very good buddy kind of like that friendship that relationship kind of you know pushing movie that you watch it because you see the bond between all the people who are yeah. in the movie even the ones who are not you know originally friends and cut and they bring on yeah well that that's the thing watching this movie like it's true the script isn't that great and lesser actors would this oh. would have been garbage no. you could not you could not do this without bernie mac and brad pitt and are you joking yeah they just do such a great no. job with no. everything even oh, who's the older guy who in the second one ends up in the hospital oh the oh like the the guy they get the money from no, 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 there's one that they go towards the very end. Oh, him. Um, Yeah, I wrote down his name, actually, for... Oh, because I was checking to see who died. Because yeah. I know Bernie Mac's dead. Yeah. Um, And he's also a judge. Which is very sad. Yeah, Carl Reiner. Carl, there you go. Yeah. So even and like... He's, he's so good. Like, I love that man's voice. And they do, like, story arcs without doing story arcs. So everybody comes on. They all have their... Don Cheadle has his, like, British accent. And you already know who he is from the minute he opens mm-hmm. his mouth. So there's mm-hmm. no story arc per se for him, but they encompass a whole character by just having very specific roles and very specific characters. Okay, you brought it up. Can we talk about Don Cheadle's British yeah. accent? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's actually, I will absolutely say it is the most hammed up accent I've so ever bad. heard. But I was saying Don Cheadle, he wasn't, bi- he, he wasn't like as experienced as he was, as he is now. When he did Ocean's Eleven. No, I think he had been in not anything as big as Ocean's Eleven um, or as big as a, a role, as in like his length of time on screen. But he's always been like a character actor and he'd done quite yeah. a bit of things before. Yeah. But I just, that I don't. That particular accent is atrocious though. It's atrocious. Yeah. I do love all the other people in it though. Like I, je- I definitely will say like every single character in the 11 before we're in they're all enjoyable like i can't say that i'm just like oh yeah i could i think they could have done it without this person mm-hmm. even i don't want to be this person so i'm gonna say if you can please find the one asian actor who's in it oh him yeah i don't know what his name is either but his thing was really... to be fair i don't know him from anything else i don't know him from anything else either but i think well, when I think he had casted him he was supposed to be a, someone of import why can't i find his name he has a very oh uh shaobu kin there we go and he played the character named yen yin yen or yin? Yen. Yen. yen yeah he's got like three movies so he has it. three movie credits and then that's it yeah so what did he do before then that was so it. he was he had to have been some kind of acrobat or something yeah, he was part of the international Peking acrobats. There you go. Yeah, so they specifically hired him. Be like, no, we need an acrobat for this role. That's literally what they did, and, and, and he was. Did it. And I think after that, he was just like over it. He's like, I'm yeah. good. One of the best villains in any movie, Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia, yeah, he's so very... hot in this movie. I don't know. He's always been hot to me, though. No, I don't find him that. Like I, I like. Have you seen him in the Godfather movies? I don't. I haven't watched the Godfather movies. Right, sorry. You know this. I'm sorry that they have not been covered in this podcast. They're not going to be covered in this podcast. Maybe we, you and I can do that as a special episode. In the future. We'll watch one. We'll I don't watch know. The first I just one. have no interest in watching We'll them. watch just one. Just first like, 
I, I mean, I've watched a few scenes of Scarface and I was like, I have no interest in watching the rest of this. Like, I'm just not. Scarface, I get because it's it's a little bit more abusive, but I actually like. So I will say I watched all three, but I really like the first Godfather. Mm-hmm. I like it because they kind of do this whole thing where it goes back in time and there's a historic sequence. And I like how they created the sets to look like old New York. And so that so as a cinephile, I would say, let's watch the first one and we'll do a special app mm-hmm. sometime in the future. At some point in time. I mean, you're what? Episode 98? Yes. So I'll come back for? Episode 842? No. No, it cannot be that <laughs> far. That cannot be that far into the future. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. When I get to the, the, if you guys, if you guys would like, uh, just a one-off episode based on just the first Godfather movie, all you have to do is message her back on Twitter or Instagram. Why are, why are you encouraging people to do this to Because me? give the people what they want. You would also be somebody who has so much experience with movies that it would be befitting this podcast for that kind of a movie to get covered. But, okay. I don't know, but I've mentioned this before. I'm not into gangster or war films. Yeah, I have like I have which makes me laugh because this is very much I would say in the world of a gangster movie, but they're not gangsters. They're just thieves. Yeah, but they're not murdering people. They're not assholes. They're They're not beating the the shit out of anybody. This is it's not a it's a it's a heist movie. There is a difference between a gangster movie and a heist movie. Yeah, but the heist has a reason. It's not just like you know, okay, we're just gonna rob everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like in so, comparison, not to keep bringing up the movie that I watched by mistake, but in Matchstick Man, Nicolas Cage is just like, he's just a thief. He's just a con artist. Yeah, he's just, a con artist. Yeah. And he, he says it in there. Yeah, he's yeah. a confidence man. And that's the that's the key to being yeah. good at the job is just having confidence. Yeah. So belong there. Know what you're doing. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. you only like him because of the fact that like he has all these, like he has OCD and like he's a nervous mm-hmm. wreck and he has a tick. So it's because of that that you feel like a little bit more involved. And obviously his his so-called daughter shows up mm-hmm. but yeah. not to talk about a movie that you've already covered no it's it's fine <laughs> that means people have already seen it and they know what you're talking about there you go you're good you're so good so it's always one of those things that i always laugh about it's like that it is very much you know there's always that thing where it's like yeah you can be a thief but in a movie somehow you have to have like a redemption arc or something where people will give you like the you know people will root for you from the beginning mm-hmm. and oceans 11 does that very very well yes. very fast and very well Yes. Well, because I think the difference between Nick Cage's character and these characters is that Nick Cage, he he clearly says, he's like, I steal from poor people, retired people, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, that's deplorable. Yeah. But they're like, we're stealing from this obnoxious rich man. Yeah. Like, Okay, I get it. That's exactly. Fine. Yeah. Go right ahead. Do and what he really you need plays to do. that role very well. Yeah. It, but the thing is, it's a casino. Like, but I think you would have rooted for him anyway because it's George Clooney. Is this like a, is this an out of sight thing? Like George Clooney, another famous person who has famously made a huge career out of playing guys who are doing something kind of naughty, but mostly a good guy. But you still like him. You're just like, I mean, out of sight. Come on. Yeah. You're like, that was bad. Yeah. What a great movie. Out of sight is probably one of my favorite George Clooney movies. Mm -hmm. Like in my top three. Like I mentioned last week, surprisingly, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes part two, my favorite George Clooney movie. Really? Yeah. Very interesting choice because mine is very evident and deliberate. It's so do explain. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> but it's your favorite George Clooney movie. No, no. Okay, I on. just like bringing it up. I'd rather because... I'd rather you say that it was that movie that he did where he, you know, where he plays like a. It's like he plays a deep southern character and. Oh, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, yeah. That's a oh, that is a good movie. 
Um, or like it's a, a okay movie. Let's, from not, Dun- let's not overstate it. Well, it's a Coen Brothers movie. It's yeah, a good one. Yeah. Course. Or um, Oscar the other yet. one. Yes, it is. Uh, the other one is from Dustal Dawn. You can also do that. Oh, movie. what a what a good movie. That movie is two different movies. Yeah, stuck together, just yeah. like you know the island is and all that kind of stuff. <gasps> yes. I know. I brought up the island, which made me my Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. If you were paying attention in Mystery Men, yeah. when they're all the gangsters around the table and they point at the frat boys, yeah, the one in the front. So this is what I was going to ask you. I was like, "Is that Michael Bay?" That's Michael Bay. About the Brewskis. Yeah. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I was like, "Who is that guy?" Because uh, I was sitting there looking, and I'm like, "I know that guy." Why was he in that movie? I don't fucking know. He just decided to show up because whatever there, if i look it's it up there's probably some trivia somewhere as to why he's there yeah but i was just like because i just kept looking at him like i know this person's face you know and i was like yeah okay it's michael bay i was, I was so disgusted anyways but yeah um like the island i mean dustledon came out before it but halfway through the movie it's a completely different movie right which i think is hilarious well i think from dustledon famously had it's two different directors. Yeah. yeah. It's Tarantino and Rodriguez, which they do all the time. And so they, it was done intentionally? I don't... I mean, the first half is directed by Tarantino, who is in the movie. Yeah. And the second half, like the gory parts where the vampires come out and all that kind of stuff, is directed by Rodriguez. So I think that's why it feels like two different movies right. that they like stuck together. And not very well done. It's a good no, movie. I I like the movie. I, I like ju- the movie. I, I just, just think that halfway through, it's a completely different movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it turns into like a full on like vampire feature. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the first half is like Khan's on the run and we're kidnapping a family. Oh my god, it's gonna be an intense, you know, do you think they quote unquote road trip movie? I do you think they ran out of story. No, no, no. I just, think it was always intentional. They're they're two friends who like to do shit together. Like that's why we got Grindhouse and all that. Kind I was of just stuff. about to say, yeah. I was like that movie where. Rose McGowan has a gun for a mach- It's a machine gun. It's a machine gun, sorry. Mm-hmm. I never watched that either. Really? Planet Terror? It's really not. It's, there's nothing. I mean, it's just not my kind of movie. It's very ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's so, so ridiculous. But I love Death Currently, Person. I'm making my way through every horror movie I've ever seen that I liked. And I'm watching one every day for all of October. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Barbarian? I did. I really liked it. Like, I mean, the last... Okay, so this is a recent movie, so I'm not going to give it away. But to me, when the th- you see the thing is when the movie kind of loses it for me. Yeah. But up until that point, I was just it's like... Scary. Yeah, because my friend talked me into watching it. Yeah. And I was like, why did you bring me here? What the fuck is wrong with you? You know I don't do horror movies well. Yeah. Like, but All it's... I'm going to say is everybody gets what they deserve. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Um, but like... It is like it's it's a it's a proper horror movie in like it's not all jump scares. It's more about Mm -hmm. just creating a whole shitload of tension. I wasn't expecting what I saw in the first half before the movie resets. I knew to be honest, I went in it and I literally went in blind. I knew nothing. I thought like, you know, the movie starts a specific way. So we're not talking about anything, anything in, Mm -hmm. in reality. Um, but I was going to say, I was like, the movie starts with a very specific kind of narrative. And I thought that that was a narrative that it was going to be. That was going to be the whole movie. Yeah. And it wasn't, that was not the case. Yeah. So I liked it. I I definitely liked it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like the the movie itself, it's it's not it doesn't have the same problem that we're talking about where it's like two different movies, like first half is one movie, the second half is another movie. It's not it's not that bad. Yeah. But it's it's very clearly the one narrative and the one feel and the one everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just that when you get that grease, like you think the movie's going one way and then it just sort of like it veers left, but in like a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's one of the reasons why that movie works really well until the end. Yes. <laughs> um, so one of my I'm gonna ask you a question then. So you're say so you're rewatching all of the horror movies you like. What horror movies have you watched recently? Uh this week I've been behind because I was a little under the weather, but um I watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay. Which actually I really liked. Did I liked it, it even in the beginning when it first came out. And I really like it because unlike most other horror movies, it's actually a courtroom drama and uh yeah and and it's it's unexpected and i i really enjoy it and some of it obviously is still hollywood so it's not reality about mm-hmm. what a courtroom is like but it's done really well and i feel like as a script it works super well and it's very rare that horror movies get great scripts <laughs> this is one of those movies where there is a great script behind it biblical stuff aside it works really. I feel like it works really well. Nice. Okay. And the girl who did it, Jennifer Carpenter, good for her. Mm-hmm. She then became Dexter's sister on the Dexter show. That's all I know about her. She's in that. She's the principal actress. Oh, I didn't and know that. The infamous Laura Linney, who I love. I love Laura Linney and everything, right. including Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like her in Love Actually. It, her her story. Are you yeah. talking? About, are you sure you're talking about the right person? Laura Linney. Yeah, she's in love actually. Who does she play? She plays the girl who's really in love with that Spanish guy who works with her. Oh, her, her brother, yes. Her okay. Brother's in need. He especially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. I the last time I watched Love Actually, I did for the podcast. Which I own for some fucking reason. It's a great I, movie. The Keira Knightley. It is the, not a good the, movie. The Keira Knightley part is fucking weird. All of it is bad. You 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 make Alan Rickman the bad guy. What the fuck is wrong with you? He is. He's so awful. And not in like the Hans Gruber bad guy way. No. That's like the good bad guy. No, this is just like he's just not nice. He's a bad guy. And I can't believe he does he does what he does to Emma Thompson. Right? And to so, Emma Thompson at that. And oh I love Rick Princess. I don't have no I have no loyalty to him anymore, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Until he was alive, I was like, no, he's Snape. You have to be nice to him. No. Snape like, like gave his life for Harry Potter. Shut up. Stop judging me. Okay. I I liked him since Hans Gruber, his first like major breakout. I role. I liked him in everything. I he's so he's good in everything. So there is a there is a, what is I think his book. Yes. The book of the journal entry? Yeah. I'm gonna absolutely get it. I yeah. want to know. I was I was just about to say, I was like, oh maybe I'll get it on tape and he's reading it. I'm like, he's dead. Trace. He's dead, unfortunately. Unless I mean we never know. Maybe he worked on it before. No, I think no, his widow's releasing it. Mm-hmm. It's not Well, his. I saw there's a uh so Emma Thompson was presenting uh like i guess it was for like the reason and there's like the video yeah. of her talking about him and like she's like just don't cry i said i wasn't gonna cry and then she yeah. kept going and she's like it's just like wonderful and happy like it's really celebrating him and talking about how great he is and all this kind of what kind of person he was and like she's talking about him like that is definitely the kind of person i would have loved to have met in my life yeah you know like yeah. good guy yeah 
So, you know, it, it sucks. It sucks that he was saying that. Poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> but she got better. She got she does not need to care. She, she is she true. has so much money. It does not matter if someone calls her a bad actress. Yeah. What does she care? Well, because even the Ron Weasley kid, he's just pretty much run with like he's done a couple of things, but he he's like I bought He's like, I bought an ice cream truck and I gave out free ice cream. It was the best day of my yeah. life. And I'm like, that's the kind of rich person I want to be. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And I about? think he's doing an upcoming Netflix series. Yeah. And he did Servant. He also movie. did a, wasn't he like Peaky Blinders? Like he did one of those little like Irish gangster He did whatever he wanted. He was, he was the only one who was actually acting before the, before the movies came out. Mm-hmm. He had acted for quite a while. Yeah. And then I like Daniel Radcliffe and everything he's done subsequently because honestly. I hated Guns Akimbo. Great concept, bad movie. Yes, I did. I did really like Horns, which a lot of people did not watch. So well, Swiss Army Man, so good. He really even Woman in Black. I did not see Woman in Black. So gothic horror. So sorry, going back to the thing. As a gothic horror movie, there's not a lot of true gothic horror movies that work really well in modern times. I'm not talking about older gothic horror movies that have come out. Wait, Woman in Black takes place now. Uh, no, it, but it's been, I mean, it, it came out more recently than anything else from like... Oh, no, because the last gothic horror I saw was uh, Crimson Peak. Terrible movie. <laughs> Such a great concept until the... I, I just, I don't get it. Oh, no, you can give it away. It's the incest. Yeah. It's the incest. Actually, I think I've talked about this before where like there was a ter- weird, ter- there was a weird point where it was like everything, yeah. the twist at the end was incest. Yeah. And I was just like, but why? No, I watched it with so much... I blame Game of Thrones, but yeah, yes. I know. I agree, agreed. I watched it with so much excitement, and I was so annoyed by that that movie. Mm-hmm. I've, I don't think I've ever been annoyed by a horror movie because, in general, but it's I like not horror. Even really a horror. Like I didn't like. I, I remember sitting to watch it because no, you it's see not the true horror. you see the the trailer for it, all that kind of stuff, and you're like, oh no, this is gonna be it's, it's Guillermo del Toro as well, and you're like, there's gonna be some sort of weird creature. And the sets are amazing. The, it's like, like visually, yeah, it's beautiful, yeah beautiful to look at but, like the sets the way he's the, the the color palettes all that kind of stuff absolutely beautiful to look at yeah. they do nothing with it yeah. and then it turns out there's nothing wrong he's creepy because he wants to fuck his family members yeah. and you're just like it's just okay it's like what really it's just no woman of black on the other hand mm-hmm. is truly exploring what i like about horror movies or at least the movies that i like in horror because i watch a lot of horror um not all the time but like I prefer, like, if I see a horror movie trailer, I will absolutely look at it properly and be like, is this one I'm signing up for? Uh, it can be, like, gory. It can be something stupid, like Escape Room. That's not a horror movie. It's like, yeah, you okay. deserve to die here in this movie. Yeah, I saw um, Escape Room. I, but, even I saw that, and I was like, oh, look, she fell down the thing. You know, good. That happened to you. Yeah. But I will definitely say that for, like, for Women in Black, what I really like is that it's exploring, like, trauma and, like, exploring loss through horror. So the same thing for Exorcist of Emily Rose, like it, it's really looking at this idea of, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's kind of like your relationship with what you think is good and evil versus what Actually reality is. What reality is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say like, I like those kinds of movies because they're not that thing of, you know, it's not like uh, Halloween or... I don't know what else. Like, Scream is not a horror movie to me. I don't... It's a thriller. Yeah. That's... It's, yeah. It's a satire. Again. Yes. So, I, I still feel like 
when you really watch true horror movies, the movies that really, really, really kind of like I find engaging are ones that are moving the narrative or storytelling. Mm -hmm. So even there's um, another create like a creator, I guess, director or I guess it's a creator of the series. Um, Haunting of Hill House. He's done. I'm um, not watching that. Yeah. Great. But it's so well done because it's not just looking at just to scare you is really looking at those kinds of topics that nobody really talks about like loss and trauma and grief and what that can manifest as. And then he subsequently done, uh, which I watched, it's a teen series, but I watched it. Uh, and it came out and it's based partially on, um, RL Stein's works. So like, Oh, the goosebumps stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of like, it's his little series that he's done for Netflix. Yeah. So, and then he did another one and I forget the name of it. Um, it's the quietest out of all the shows that he's done. It's about like a little fishing village mm -hmm. that like basically everybody's moving out of. And like this absolutely great narrative about religion and like what we think it is versus what it actually is. Mm -hmm. So if ever you want to watch it, I forget the name of the show, unfortunately. It's on Netflix right now, mm -hmm. um, but worth it. So I feel like those are the kind of horror movies that I really find as I've grown up. Mm -hmm. I find it really engaging and fun to watch. Like everybody loves Poltergeist. I mean, What's yeah. not to like. But as you get older, you're like, I don't want to just get jump scared. Yeah, like, I am not a fan of horror movies, mm -hmm. as you know, and yeah. many people know. But there are definitely times I will go out of my way to scare the shit out of myself. It's yeah. a thing that will happen. Like, yes, my friend talked me into Barbarian, but it ended up being great. Yeah. And I'm very happy I saw it because it's a, it's and a it moves good horror movie. It moves, it moves a narrative. Yeah. Um, and then I saw, of course, I've seen, like, like uh, Nope. Nope was so good. Um, I cannot talk about Nope enough. I cannot talk about Nope enough. It is by far. But, and I watched everything that he's made because I, mm -hmm. I like truly love. I, I, I love that he went from comedy to doing horror movies. And mm -hmm. I just like here for it. Yeah, but he always he infuses comedy into the horror in a way that doesn't seem jarring or putting down the horror that's no. happening. It's just the characters that are involved and are nope amusing is, in some way. Nope is scary. Also, it's got like like every one of his movies has a scene where you're just like you're just like that's staying with me forever. Yeah. Whereas in Nope has like four of those scenes, and you're just like that was too much. Right. You know, but it's such a good movie. Um, you know, I've seen like a lot of like, I saw the It movies, for example, which I was very mad at myself about because I sat at home and watched it one evening and I was just like, why are you doing this to yourself, Tracy? What, what is your problem? Um, I have Hereditary on my list, but I have not been able to bring myself to watch it. Oh my I can't God, what do a it. good movie. You're just talking about the best movies. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I just can't. I can't bring myself to watch Hereditary. Tony Collette deserves everything. Yeah. She is such a good actress. She's good at everything. Everything that she does. And she's, she's very actress. good. You know what? She's kind of like, um, not androgynous, but like the ability to actually transform into all of the characters. She kind of well, reminds me of Tilda, anymore Tilda Swinton that. that way. Who, yeah. like, yes, Tilda Swinton naturally is a little bit androgynous, but I think that works in her favor as mm -hmm. an actress because you can make her to be like, ultra feminine and all of these different characters yeah. but also like you can tone her down make her look dowdy or you know smart or whatever or even it was slightly masculine her. like it's she, but her. she's and she's also such a good actress as yeah. well uh did you see the one she did with um uh where they're like vampires and um 
uh, Loki guy. Um, what? Yeah, they've been in like they're like two vampires, and they live in this like this old house, and they've been in this relationship for like a thousand years, and and blah blah blah. What is and this? And he's, he's like a he he wants to be a musician, <laughs> but he gets like melancholy and stuff. I have to watch this. What is this? I'll tell you. I've never heard. Is this old? It's like or older. Five, maybe less. Four. I old? definitely have not, but I want to. It's like no, it's great. It's really great. It's very, it's very like, um, uh, oh, I want to see a thousand years of longing as well. 3000 years of longing. Did that come out already? It did. Did we miss it? No, I think it's still, no, it's not the dead don't die. What the fuck was it called? Only lovers left alive. Sorry. 2013. It's been, a, it's been a while. Wow. I've never heard of this movie. Interesting. Yeah. A depressed musician reunites with his lover. Through their romance, which has already endured several centuries, is is distributed what by the it's distributed by the of an uncontrollable younger sister. Yeah, so they're like vampires, and he's like a, a gothic musician, and he's just like I'm so depressed. And he's looking eyes. at a relationship through the lens of vampires. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I it's love- very it's very moody, pasty, but very hot at the same time. You know, and it's Loki for sure. It's not Jared Leto. It's not Jared. No, it's Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Tom Hiddleston. No, because Jared Leto, I'm, I refuse to watch anything. Else. Oh, I've watched. I did. I I wanted to be able to complain about the movie, and because of all of the back and forth, but oh, it's really good. No, it's very bad. Oh my god, it's back out. No, the, I watched Morbius. Yeah, and I am so angry at myself. For wasting my own time and energy. Oh, I feel bad for you. To have this on my screen. Like, I like I have seen a lot of garbage. Yes. I have seen some of the greatest movies and some of the worst movies I've ever made. You famously made. watched a movie every Tuesday for years. For years. Yeah. So. For years. It was Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays and Fridays? Tuesdays and Fridays, yes. Because yeah, I did. I always did opening night, yes. Yeah. Um. So for years. And, and this was before you had, like, you know, there was no such thing as an online streamer. There was no such thing as a movie yeah. on demand. Yeah, not, and not I didn't that. want anything spoiled for me and stuff. And especially when big movies came out, I was fucking in line on because sometimes had midnight showing. Yeah. So it's like eleven o'clock at night in a line in a theater to see a movie at midnight to watch it to get home for three a.m. to wake up to go to work the next day. I did it. Yeah, I did it. You okay. For years, I love movies. So I have a lot been, of garbage as a result. As a result, I've watched a lot of garbage <laughs> and a lot of great movies. But this movie... Yeah. Oh, my God. There is nothing redeemable about that film. Nothing at all. See? The, who, the actress they pick, because even Matt Smith's in it, which, A, I didn't know... But B, he does a shitty job and he's he's great. Yeah. Right? Uh Jared Little does garbage. Um everybody does garbage. I don't care who is everybody does garbage in it. The script is bad, the editing is horrible, the animation is bad, the story doesn't even make any fucking sense. Yeah. Okay? I was just so mad. Yeah. And I was just like, is there, I think I tweeted about it. I was like, is there any way I can get my money back even though I didn't pay anything to watch this? Like, yeah. I just, you have, they should pay us. Yeah. And now it plays on Disney Plus now? No, it was on Amazon, I think. Amazon. Oh my yes. God, even worse. Um, and I was just so, 
so mad. Like, it's just so... I feel terrible for you that you have to watch that. I really do. I, gen- I genuinely... But that's the thing. I did it to myself. And I still think they owe me something. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not like when I watched the, the second Venom movie and I turned it off halfway because it was like, no. No, Okay? Terrible. It was so bad. Yes, maybe I didn't turn off Morbius, but after I finished, I was like, I really should have turned that off. It's called willpower. You want to yeah. stick it through. I know. You want to stick in this bad relationship. Well, the th- well, I think the difference is, is that with um uh with Venom, I watched the whole first movie. Yeah. Okay. Also bad. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's fucking it's bad. It's not. I find I I find the concept of Venom very creepy crawly. So it's not my kind of movie. Yeah, but. Venom has been done better in other forms. Like in the comic books and like the cartoons and stuff. It's been done. There's stories available for them to do. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with them switching the story. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But the stories that they are creating for this and how they're kind of making it like a joke Mm -hmm. doesn't work. No. It's like making it's like making the Joker an actual like like he trips over his own feet all the time and he and all that kind of nonsense like mm-hmm. no the jo- the Joker is formidable for a reason yeah yeah okay Venom is formidable for a reason and it's not just the fact that he has big teeth right yeah. he's menacing he's yeah. cruel yeah and above all he's not like he's not someone you can reason with exactly. You know, whereas this has turned into some kind of like weird comedy buddy cop thing that doesn't it, it but it, there's no wit and there's no actual like chemistry no. No. on screen, you know. I guess it's because one is a person and one is just random CGI. Yep. And <laughs> it just doesn't work. And it's not funny. Yeah. The stories don't make any sense and it's not going anywhere. And I'm just yeah. like, how is it you were able to make these so many movies be this good and then suddenly be making movies that are this bad? Yeah. Like what happened? You know, like it's just so weird. I would say in comparison, a movie that does go everywhere is Ocean's Eleven. And I find like <laughs> oh some- yeah we've been off that for yeah a while. <laughs> I was like we should come back. Something I like about that is that everybody who's in it is they all have a purpose. Like the, they're all kind of doing something to further the story fast, and the scenes are done like in, like right before you get bored in the scene it ends. Yes, and something else happens. Well, because everybody is used well. Everybody in there. The reason why they come up with the eleven people is because they know they're like we need a person for this, this, this. this. He says a bunch of like random stuff. Yeah. He's just like. Oh, uh, what is it? A Billie Jean King and yeah. a blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, And I even like what? the part where like Don Cheadle is like trying to burrow into the ground or something. Like there is a whole thing, right? Yeah. And essentially like they call him and it like it falls apart. And even that. that no, ash- where is borrowing into the ground? Isn't that the second movie? I thought it was in the first one. No, crazy? That's, in the, that's in the second one. Right, in the first one, no, in the first one is just the, they have to break into the thing like Mission Impossible styles. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. got it. Yeah. Sorry, plot point. <laughs> in case you haven't seen Ocean's 12 until now, uh, I'm I'm apologetic. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, no, they use everybody and they use everybody really well. But they yeah. use the two brothers the most. Yeah. Like they have, they, A, they have the most costume changes. Yeah. Because every scene you see them in, there's something completely different. Yeah. Um, but also, oh, wait, okay. Can we, can we talk about the suits? Yes. And the looks? Yeah. So this is preceding like men being very, like a whole bunch of men being in a movie wearing very well cut suits i don't think there were other movies that were coming out there where guys were looking as stylish and the no tie thing was was sort of in a weird way it was kind of when this started with this movie because mm-hmm. before then if you saw a guy in a suit it was very rare that they didn't have a tie they always had a tie yeah yeah so it was really- and if and the it was one of like if they didn't have a tie it was they were disheveled for a reason like yeah. something happened to them yeah but just walking around with a suit and a collar, no tie, you're like, whoa. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. That wasn't a thing. And then this movie comes out and essentially they're trying to show that these guys are very good at their jobs about how to how they get people to perceive them. So they're always just dressed up enough to look great, but they're able to do their jobs. Yes. And the funny part is the suit doesn't have any other purpose. They're not vain. They're not narcissists. No, they're not narcissists no. or anything. Really they, they know how to make themselves look good Mm -hmm. and i think they dress themselves up in a way that people will take them seriously kind of thing because you know like if somebody looks really shitty people are just like how can i take you seriously whereas you know when they're dressed up too much you're just like yeah you think you're better than me and there's like they're right in between and they never really talk about it there's no such like affectation to what they're going to be wearing but they're just Mm -hmm. looking very well groomed and everybody Mm -hmm. everybody's looking well groomed even Bernie Mac's character who is a bit of a lounge lizard in the movie he's wearing the flashiest possible looks yeah but but it works it all works it's not like oh my god what are you wearing it's like Somebody could pull that off. Yeah, exactly. And if somebody's going to, it's it's him. It's him. Exactly. It's his own iconic look, but just turned up for the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's just, and I find like it's super watchable, even with the fact that like George Clooney and Brad Pitt scenes, they and with Matt Damon, like they have those like little moments where they're kind of like, it's almost like they're having Matt Damon come and be their friend, or like including him. But you can tell that George Clooney and Brad Pitt already have an existing friendship that's quite strong. Well, and I think. That's what, and I think that's what makes this work yeah. is that there's so much bromance on this set, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Like all of these people like each other. Yeah. They like what they're doing. Yeah. They're getting on. They're comfortable. Yeah. And they're like professionals. Exactly. You know? I would even say it was like one of the funniest things about this movie is the fact that Brad Pitt's constantly eating. I loved it. I yeah. don't know why, but he comes across so hot so then this movie it's weird disgusting. part about Pitt is that he's always fidgeting something in his movies subsequently mm-hmm. including bullet train oh yeah the whole movie is fidgeting that's yeah. well I that's his character so in the now he's he's, uh, he's adopted that as his uh his thing. Yeah. it's like um jeff bridges he's just always the dude now and you're like okay i really like him though yeah he's great I loved him my favorite jeff bridges thing i've ever watched is the series he did for hbo with uh Oh my god, the guy is the old man, the new one. No, no, no. He's a problematic writer. Um, no, mixing two people up again. Jim Bridges. Yeah, mix him up. He's a problematic writer. No, 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 no. Are I'm... we talking about Californication? No, I'm talking about the newsroom. But that's a different. Oh no, that's somebody. No, that's, that's Bill Pullman. Yeah. No. No. That's not Bill Pullman at all. 
It's um, there's so many Caucasians. It's so hard. They're though. They look the same. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh my god, I'm gonna remember. He was in Dumb and Dumber. Yes. Um, anyway, so if you yes. guys, we're not gonna look it up because it's besides the point. So yeah. he was in Dumb and Dumber, and he's also in the newsroom. So, anyways, but that is not who Jeff Bridges is. No, it's not because Jeff Bridges is, is the dude from The Big Lebowski, and not Miami Vice. Different guy. Very different. That's what's her name? Miami Vice. Is he not in Miami Vice the show? No. Who are you talking Who is Jeff Bridges? Hold on. One moment, please, while we search for Jeff Bridges. I'm I think I know who Jeff Bridges is. It's just that in my head I can't think of the face. Which is really sad, I know. Him. Him. Right, Jeff Bridges. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're right. He is. He's that guy. He's the big Lebowski guy all the time now. Yes. Yeah. That's literally what I just said. Who am I thinking of in my I eyes? have no idea. Who is Dakota Thing's father, the girl? Don yeah. Johnson? Don Johnson. Those are two very different looking they people. Look kind of the same. They have long faces and kind of the same hairstyle. I mean, he does have a long face. They have a very similar hair look, I think. I believe. Ooh, that guy? Yeah. That guy? It's similar hair. Come on. It's, it's white guy hair. Like, I don't... I don't... Like, you're crazy. Oh, that's right. He was in Nice Out as well. Yeah. He's um, really good in Nice Out. Yeah. Anyways, yes. Yes. Are we talking about Julia Robertson? No, she's 11. Okay. Okay. The Angie Dickinson. I, I had to mention this because when I was watching, I was watching it with my mother. Uh-huh. And I just had to say it out loud because she is supposed to be like, the most beautiful woman ever. According to whom? It, the movie. Right? Because like when you first see her and you turn around, she's like, this is the best part of my day. Yeah. And he turns around and she's walking downstairs. And to be honest, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Julia Roberts. Yes. Okay. I'm really not. And, but I've never thought her to be like ugly. Okay. I don't think she's unattractive. Like I, I get why people think she's attractive. Yeah. You know, she seems quite nice and all that kind of she's stuff. She's very nice. But to someone, I'm sure. In this movie, I don't know who her stylist was or what was going on, but they make her look ugly. I think they run like out of money. She, how could they run out of money? Because <laughs> they had to outfit 11 different actors. And they're just kind of like, okay, we don't have any money for you. Andy Garcia looks like crap in this movie, too. I thought you said Andy Garcia looked great in this movie. Yeah, it's just because I like him. Not because of his outfits. I don't think he looks like he looks like a guy. He's who wearing wears, a lot of vests. Yeah, because he that's what rich guys who think are super the male important corset. do. The male corset. Yeah. yeah, a vest. But I think she looks bad in every scene. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not her. They make her look pointier, so pointy. Yeah, in a lot of scenes. Maybe she's like, not a what are you doing? She does have a long face. But at that point in time, she'd been around for like almost twenty years I already. Know, I know. She was already a big deal. She should call George Clooney and be like, how dare you do this? But the other movies, 12 and 13, 12 is is not necessary, but it was fine. 13 was pointless. And why did you make this? I think they wanted to make money. But no, I think it was part of their contract. You have to do two, you have to do three. Probably. I don't see why any of them would have come back for that third movie. It doesn't make any sense. Um, But anyways, but in the other two movies, she looks great. 
But she's also not dressed up to be some rich guy's trophy woman. Mm -hmm. She's quite casual in the other two. Mm -hmm. Except for the part where she fakes being herself. I don't know. Which, uh, yeah. We're just going to sign. We're just going to walk away from it. That feels a little bit kind of like, that's that that movement in the movie that feels Mm -hmm. a bit like. They were trying to be meta about it. Like you what don't they were need trying to, to do. meta about it because the movie's already like it's fine. That movie, you know how certain times you shoehorn a meta moment into a movie that doesn't have anything to do with being meta to start with. Leave it alone. Just walk away from it. Yeah. Just yeah. There's, movie that, there's a movie unrelated to the Swinton Idris Elba. Idris Elba plays some kind of genie. Three thousand years of longing. Exactly. I really want to watch this movie. However, when you watch it, it has whiffs of uh, Aladdin. Oh, yeah, you know, there's scenes in the the commercial for it. Absolutely. So, but this is the thing: is like that is meta, and it makes sense for meta things to happen in a meta movie. Yeah. But you don't need to shove it into this movie, baby. Like just because you feel like, oh yeah, this would be a funny haha thing. You know, it's like it's not really amusing. Yeah. That's okay. I get it. It wasn't a. I mean, she she's unoffensive enough to be in the movie and she doesn't really derail it in any way so i guess that's what angie well, they didn't they didn't do anything with her character no she was just there even at the end where she's just like uh when she's like watching on the monitor and she's like yes i'll give up my money for her whatever yeah. and then she gets all upset about it. i'm like are you surprised like he's he's told you yeah. essentially that all of the time yeah. Yeah. but also why does this make you run back to your ex-husband who lies to you and you hate him for it it makes no sense. Yeah. So, except for the fact that at the end scene, she's in the backseat with the big hat. You're like, okay. Yeah. Looks cute. Whatever. But. Done. That's yeah. why. Final word on Ocean's Eleven would be, since we had a very long. Uh, Detour. Winding chat about it. I like this movie. To I be honest. I really love it. I do like the end scene where Brad Pitt and George Clooney are making fun of each other's outfits. Yes. Um, that's really the only time they they pay yeah. attention to it. Oh wait, we forgot one scene. The part with like Topher Grace and, and the, whatever, like the kids at the yeah. he's teaching them how to play poker. Yeah. That part. That part was hilarious. Trevor Grace famously plays an actual poker thing with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. And the girl who used to host that night for them who ended up getting like raked in by the FBI. Uh, Didn't they make a movie about that? Yeah, with yeah. Uh, the girl from Crimson Peak. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, it is her. For some reason, I thought it was Margot Robbie. For no, Jessica Chastain yeah. played that. So it's funny that Topher Grace is in it. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Joshua Jackson. Joshua. Who else was at the table? Few, few the girl people. that was at the table doesn't say any words. She's not allowed to. It's a Soderbergh Which movie. confused me. Oh. I have one other complaint. Yeah. So, I think because now there has been an effort to make the movies properly represent our society, there's been a lot more diversity on screen right okay and these movies are super white and like i know they're amazing i mean mystery man is more so than oceans 11 wouldn't you say oceans 11 has uh accounted five black people in it right and one asian actor who doesn't say can't who isn't allowed to say english words yeah okay except where the fuck you been that's all he gets to see say but yeah so there's uh don Cheadle. 
Uh, there's Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. There's um, Lennox Lewis. Yes. And there is a scene mm-hmm. where they're at the Lennox Lewis boxing match. Mm-hmm. And the lights come back on. Mm-hmm. And there's a black guy in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it. Actually, no, there's four. There's four. There's four. So, I was yeah. afraid to be like, who was the fifth person? But yeah. I'm like, no, I think I'm think, thinking of the Asian guy. I was like, okay, that's five. It's fine. So but, five people of color. Yes. In in Las I'll, Vegas. They, yeah, all things considered. They're not they're not particularly diverse movies. I would definitely say, like, when you then subsequently watch the Sandra Bullock version. Yeah, Ocean's Eight. Of Ocean's Eight. Uh it's much more diverse. Has a lot of white women in it too, but Yeah, I didn't it's it, they just didn't make it as cool. I find. I don't. I liked it. I liked it. I I do wish for more of those because I feel like if they if they're given another mm-hmm. one, they will end up coming back stronger. Because mm-hmm. this one, there was so much setup, but I still liked it. I like Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. together. Best duo ever. Yeah, I like them. They had that. They had that thing. They had that thing. Maybe that's what it was. I think maybe like unlike this one where you can see the whole cast liked each other. Yeah, I find. Like Ocean's Eight was like, no, these two like each other and these two like each other, but I don't think these two get along. Or yeah. like the chemistry just wasn't there. Right. Kind of thing. So maybe that's really what it was. I can like I could feel the Yeah. It's not that they don't like each other. I think just like the chemistry just wasn't there yeah. between all or of them. Or they didn't like flesh it out enough. Yeah. So it didn't like mesh as yeah. well. But the concept was great, Med Gala. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. I don't know. They just made it really girly. Which also annoyed. Like I liked it, like I, Why wasn't it a true heist? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it was technically a true heist. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. But they made it like, no, the heist has to be like a lady heist. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be about fashion and jewelry. Yeah. Like, that's... It should have just been a heist. Yeah. Like, okay. why can't they rob yeah, a bank? I think that's like, fair. I don't, I don't see and I don't see anything wrong with them robbing a bank. Like, whatever. Um, but at the same time, I was like, ooh, I like that dress. Ooh, that one looks really cute. Oh my God, I like that one. Like, it's, I so did. That's the Ocean's franchise. Everybody looks beautiful. Yes, that's what they do. They did manage to make everybody look really great. Yeah, all you the know? time. Um, so even though there were definitely a couple of scenes with Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett where I think they overdid their makeup a bit much. Because they did a whole lot of, like, Eye. black eyes. And I was just like, you guys need to relax. Yeah. Just fucking relax. But um, I would say Ocean's Eleven definitely. If I really had to think about a movie that I will, and I myself have seen it more than a few times. Oh yeah. Of my own volition, like I will sit down and say, "What I want to watch that's going to put me in a good mood, and um, not going to like necessarily occupy so much of my, you know, my my thought process when I'm watching." So it. you put on the Mummy, okay, aren't you? <laughs> I like the mummy too. Actually, I like Brendan Fraser. Not yes, yes, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, not the Tom. No, we yeah. don't talk about the no. ones. Um, but I will definitely say mm-hmm. I I watched Ocean's Eleven several times for that reason because it's it you like I feel like unequivocally it tends to be a movie that you can watch. It's a good time. There's something happening all the time. It doesn't bore you. It's a nice tidy runtime, like yeah. you know. It, well, or even if you just want noise in the background because of the soundtrack, it's yeah. just like a nice yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. To like, yeah. You know, like you're doing the dishes, you can't hear what they're saying, but that beat is nice. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Exactly. It's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. Like for me, I don't actively pick to watch Ocean's Eleven. It's just on TV a lot, and yes. I'm just like, there's nothing showing. Oh, Ocean's Eleven showing. It's on. Like no fair, you know it's it's one of those. It, there's there is something 
special about not having to like even if you own a piece of media like music or or like dvds or tv show whatever mm-hmm. there is something about, like coming across it when it's on just on right and you're like <gasps> and you yeah. you're like yay yeah. instead of having to like pick it you can't always catch that either like i feel like you can have an ensemble and like even if you compare the two movies that we're talking about like mystery man is an ensemble movie and so is oceans 11 oceans 11 has similarities to it and how the scenes are done the fact that they're a bit lighter on the script but even so there's something about the charm of oceans 11 that mystery man doesn't quite catch it's it it misses it yes like there's a lot of scenes in mystery men where like i i think i see where they were trying to go i think i see where they're trying to go mm-hmm. and then it does something else or like it does something like that just kind of like pulls you out of scenes and stuff mm-hmm. sometimes you know what i mean and you're just like you're just not doing it for me mm-hmm. whereas i think this movie is like every scene you're just like yeah you're doing this this is this is working really well you know and yeah like a lot of them are really handsome and they're all dressed really well. And, you know, they're all very good actors and they, you know, they do what they do on screen. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. But there is an alchemy there that you sometimes you can have all this, all these people in a movie together and it's not charming. It's not interesting or engaging in any way. And this, I feel mm-hmm. like somehow, I don't know how they did it, they but just, they managed to it, grab it. It kind of feels like, I know a couple of them were friends before this movie, but most of them weren't friends no. before this movie. No. And I think after this movie, they they're all friends mm-hmm. essentially and and that's the thing i think that makes it mm-hmm. work together you know yeah um and they also didn't take it too seriously exactly. as well because i think if they tried to be like this is a serious film about a heist and blah blah no, blah no, no, no. i think even with this cast it would have fallen apart yeah exactly but as a you know just kind of like a laid back we're just taking it easier being kind of cool and nonchalant about it it is. It has that thing. They 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 do that thing of like the Rat Pack kind of vibe mm-hmm. of being a bit more like yeah, whatever. We're just gonna do this heist. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one gripe about Ocean's Eleven though. The Rat Pack is problematic now. No, <laughs> that wasn't it. Um, that's a different episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the heist doesn't make any sense. No. No. It does. It, it mm-hmm. even. The, what they're trying to lift out of the friggin' safe is doesn't make any sense. Like if you just think about the physics of it, it's like what? It's not about the physics. No, because essentially, up until the point they get into the safe, mm-hmm. fine. Okay, fine. They did what they had to do. But at the end of the movie, right? So they fake a bunch of things with some money and have these guys put it in a in a mm-hmm. bag thing right in a truck to drive away mm-hmm. but you send a quote-unquote SWAT team down to your vault mm-hmm. and your SWAT team doesn't have bags doesn't have um any like equipment except for their repelling equipment and like yeah. their guns and then you have the SWAT team randomly pick up bags to walk out the front door yeah wouldn't you be like where are you going with those bags and what's in those bags don't worry about it everybody's gonna walk really fast and look like they're doing something and everything's mm-hmm. gonna be neat passes and uh you know it just doesn't make sleight any of hand sense. it just doesn't make any sense how yeah. they went from the vault to walking out the front door because they they cut that scene they don't show how no those two they're like they're like oh 
so you know they've recapped the the whole thing everything that was going on yep. you you see that they're like oh their friends are down there and they're actually sitting on the real money mm-hmm. and then suddenly they're walking out the front door and you're just like how what what how did what yeah yeah no no so, i don't know Try i mean yeah you're right it, it does have some plot gaps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i think because there are the movie for the most part it kind of wins you over by you the ignore time, it by the time mm-hmm. the scene comes you're kind of like lulled into the sense of like yeah, whatever. Yeah. I honestly think it wasn't until like the third or fourth like time I saw a very handsome man who is absolutely toxic and stupid. Yeah. You just you just smile and nod for a while. <laughs> You're like, yeah. You get just lulled into the sense of like, yeah, of course, everything's fine. Yeah. I thought we weren't gonna talk about Brad Pitt. We were not gonna talk about um, Brad Pitt. We yes. will continue to leave it there. <laughs> I have many thoughts about that, but it's okay. <laughs> Um, yes, we're gonna, we're gonna leave it at that with this very nice light movie, blah, blah, blah. It's worth okay. your time, worth your watch. If you've never seen oh, it, you absolutely yeah. should. If you have seen it, watch it again, because it honestly is so much, it's fun. It's a fun, like, Sunday watch. Yeah, it's a fun, like, it's, it's not a movie where, it's not like, you know, like those brainless action movies where, like, your shit's just blowing up the whole time, you know, trying to bring it up. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's enough that your brain doesn't have to work because they just feed you all of everything. They spoon yeah. feed it to you. But what's on the spoon is delicious. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. That's totally yeah. fine. It's yeah. good. It's good. And it's not like there's not so much needless exposition or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just like they do it enough to give you the idea. But, you know. Yeah. It's there. Like yeah. when they, they explain what a pinch is and they're like, it's like an atomic bomb and oh blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, it's an EMP. You just skipped over the EMP part and called it a pinch. Maybe yeah. they, in some worlds they call it a pinch, but it's it's an EMP. That's, yeah. what, you're, that's what you're doing. Like, we get it. Like, this is not important information. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Just call it whatever you want to call just it. Do it. Just give just it a name. Boots. Yeah. Let's... Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's worth a watch. Absolutely. Anytime you kind of want to do something in the background. I've cleaned my closet to it. Oh, I've done lots of stuff. Yeah. Cleaned the house, done dishes, yeah. I don't know, cooked. And whenever you get bored folding clothes, you just look over and something's happening on the screen, then you go back with it. You're like, oh, I like that. Sweet. Then ah. you go back to what you're doing. Exactly. You're all set. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we wrapped that up in a nice, neat yeah. package. This is a very lovely meandering and very normal conversation for I actually, us. Yes, but I actually think we got pretty deep into both of these movies, yeah. despite our meanderings here and there. Yeah. It, it wasn't... You got to learn about things that you never asked for, so you're Right? Welcome. Yes. Fashion and yeah. pineapples and... There was something else. What was Crimson the other peak? thing? No. It wasn't Crimson Peak. Problematic people? No. There's lots of them, yes. Twin Caucasians? <laughs> I'm not saying they look alike before somebody gets upset. Mm. I'm not saying they look alike. They have similar sure. haircuts. For sure. Oh, you didn't even mention Casey Affleck in there as well. I think there's a reason. Yeah. 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 So, we're <laughs> just going to skip over that yeah, part. We're going to talk about those kinds of things. Just fine. Yeah, it's just like, there's no need. Just, mm. There's no need. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know. You mentioned problematic people. I'm like, we missed one. <laughs> Ding. Check mark. <laughs> Check mark. Um, but yeah. Cool. 
Well, thank you so much for joining me finally. On thank you for inviting me. Honestly, it's been a true pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch something I'd never seen, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven, I watched for the umpteen time. It was totally fine. And then I just watched the old one just for just for giggles because I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. But um, even so, it was such a pleasure to be here. And honestly, if you haven't already been listening to our podcast and you're listening to this particular episode, go back and listen to the archive. And uh, it's a good way to spend time and traffic yes you just hear a bunch of like silliness and laughing yeah. and we talk about some movies and i do definitely have some random shit in my collection so far yeah, so yeah, yeah find something you haven't seen before and have a look yeah i know you're gonna rewatch mystery man possibly figure out if you're gonna keep it or ditch it i'm not ditching anything oh you're not ditching anything. no no that's not the point of this whether i'm gonna ditch it or not it's 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 i'm critiquing my own younger person Great, so I'm going to have to come to this house that hoards everything. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for making that possible for us. Thank you. And if you guys want to uh, get a Godfather episode, just simply message her on Twitter or on Instagram and ask for the Godfather episode. It's only going to be the first one. Mm-hmm. I watched all three, but only the first one I think merits a discussion. All right. Um, especially for a cinephile. But yeah, if you guys want one, ask for it. Hmm. Yeah. Demand it. Give the people what they want. <laughs> We can also join the races of all the other podcasts that talk about the Godfather, but it's fine. Every every movie podcast talks about the Godfather. You gotta have it. Yeah, it's like if you open a shop, you gotta have a black top. You know? Do you? Yeah, most fashion lines have a black blouse or a black top of some sort. I mean, yeah, you have to. Well, it's just general. Some of your clothing has to be black. Yeah. Yes. I say that while wearing an all black outfit. Yeah. With (laughs) I'm sorry. With your with the fuchsia with the fuchsia colored jacket. Shacket. There you go. Oh my god. Why do I have to wear why don't you wear your shacket with some jeggings? Ew. <laughs> that is disgusting. Actually, if I threw up in my mouth a little bit. I'm just only saying that real denim. I have an actual waist. How dare yeah. you? Well, I only wear real pants too. There you go, yeah. So, we 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 talked about this at leggings are the gateway drug. Yes. Yeah. Actually I do own like two pairs of leggings now. Fair enough. As long as you don't wear it outside the house, you're fine. Do you wear it outside the house? Okay, we gotta go. Not, not regularly. We have to go before this before this chat devolves into me <laughs> judging her, and then for her to be like, "See, I told you guys that I'm really mean. I'm not actually." Okay, so we'll so, keep that for the next time you hear. For the next time, yeah. exactly. We gotta have something else to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> Besides the movies. That yeah. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, if you guys have any comments or insults, please send them Tracy's way. I will not be reading or screening any for comments, so feel free. Uh, well, that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf, or you can send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. On the next episode, we'll be talking about The Muppets with a couple of Muppet movies and The Muppets movie. Hope you'll be here to listen. Bye.